Good evening, everyone. We are back. Away days previews are back. Get out of there and international football. Let's get back to some proper football uh, and talking at Newcastle United. And we are we're in the house, ladies and gents. Brandon Blaze, back in business. Um, great to see you, Chrissy Hall. How you doing, fella? All good, mate. Yeah, all good. Um, I feel like I've not been on a show in weeks, which Martin kindly reminded everybody uh, the other night. <laughs> I, I was watching. Um, and then I watched the show back last night, actually. It was brilliant. Really, really good. But um, yeah, really good to be back. Uh, really looking forward uh, to speaking to Darren Terry tonight uh, to discuss all things Man United Newcastle. And yeah, just uh, pumped for it. Definitely. Looking forward to it. And yeah, we missed you yesterday. But um, look, there'll be plenty more of those conversations happening yeah, in the yeah, weeks and months yeah. ahead. So um, don't worry about that at all. Great to see everyone in the chat. Um, just run through some names. Of course, we've got Lisa Moore in the chat, uh, bigging everyone up. Um, Mary, welcome again. Um, saw you with some great comments yesterday as well. Um, Brandy Garner, welcome to the chat. Enjoyed the team for life as always. PDK, hope you're well. Um, Michael Parsons, David Cook. Um, we've got Simon. Welcome, Simon. Back into the chat. Great to see you. Michael Palmer, Jimmy. Good old Jimmy in the chat. Get in there. Um, Tom Dixon, Greg Lee, uh, and many more. I've seen David Shepard in there as well. And uh, welcome to the chat, um, Jason, as well. Um, and many, many more as we uh, kick things off. And look, um, what, what are your thoughts about Sunday, Chris? What, 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 like, what's your overriding feeling in the build up to the game? It's a massive game. Yeah, it's a huge game. Um, you'll see anyone anyone noticed who's eagle eye in the chat. I've got a chat. I've got a question ready for Dan and Terry, um, which what? which I don't normally do. Yeah, I've put I've put my own question in the chat. Um, so that's so that'll be ready for later. Um, do you know what, Pete? I don't know what it is. I'm feeling like worryingly confident. Like I, you know, we we were sat together, weren't we? Um, near Wembley, we weren't in Wembley, but we were sat together for the uh, for the Carabao Cup final, and uh, I think we were both quite buoyant, you know, we were both really confident, but, like, this feels next-level confident, like, I, I, I fully believe, I feel like all the stars have aligned now, you know, we've got Joe Linton coming back, Isaac's firing, um, I just, I don't know, I just, feel, I just feel really pumped for it, and I just think, I think this game's got such significance, you know, because of the league table, and it's only up until the last week or so that, you know, the, the media and Sky Sports and people like that are starting to actually consider us for top four. Um, mm. I think they thought that we would have dropped off by now. And the fact that we haven't is, you know, credit to Eddie and the lads. But it's 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 going to be an interesting one this weekend because, we again, we've heard the rumours, you know, Rashford might be out and we all fully expect Rashford to be back in. Dan, Dan and Teddy may say otherwise, but... Um, you know, I, I just think with Casemiro being out and there's been rumours, you know, with um, Sabitzer being out and Eriksen's out. And mm. I just feel like everything's aligned for us to really have a go. Um, and I think it will be a, a totally different game to the one that we saw at Wembley for the Carabao Cup final. So I'm feeling I'm feeling confident, Pete. Worryingly, I am feeling very confident. No, not not bad thing at all to be um, <clears throat> to be feeling confident. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I'm feeling... Uh, a little bit confident myself going into the game. Uh, confident in that I don't think we'll lose. Um, and then, uh, you know, it all depends on the game from that point of view. But look, of course, as always, uh, we what we do on away days is we look at the opposition's perspective. And it's um, a pleasure um, to have hopefully two guests. Uh, Terry was scheduled, it is still scheduled to join us later on um, uh, as planned. But 
first and foremost, um, uh, returning after a fantastic uh, showing um, on Battleground Europe 3. We've got Dan back from his new channel, new to come. Keep an eye out. Yes, uh, yeah. United first. So welcome in. Dan, how you doing, fella? Boys, how are we doing? How are we doing? Hello, everyone in the chat as well. Lisa Mole, man, she she's a proper fan. Fair play to her. Every time we see, I, I'm on the I'm on the uh, 12 man show. I always see her on there. Fair play, fair play. Thanks for having me. She she uh, well, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, great to have you on um, to talk all things uh, Newcastle Man New and there. Yeah, Lisa, she she follows us near and far. Um, so she's always she's always in there. Um, I might put a transfer. I might put a transfer bin in for her in the summer. <laughs> she's brilliant. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Not, not accepted. Not accepted. <laughs> New age <laughs> But no, uh, look. Chris has just mentioned that he's. You know, it's it's a massive game Sunday. Really, really big game. Um, but you know, we're talking about it. That and Chris made a great point. That you know, we would look like we would. We were down and out. People weren't talking about us in the top four. We put two wins together, and now we're back in that conversation. And look very quickly. I'll pop up the league for us. Um, oh, maybe I won't because it's not there. But what I will say is, is that we are fifth, and with a win, <laughs> we will go third. So, what are your thoughts, Dan, going into this game on um, on Sunday, mate? Yeah, I, look, it's it's a massive, massive game. It's a bigger game, unsuspectingly, for a Manchester United fan than I thought it would be. Um, there's been obviously a couple of results that have that have sort of brought us back into this race a little bit. I, I honestly thought sort of four four or five weeks ago we were we were shooing top four's done. You know, let's concentrate on on what else we can do, what other bits of magic we can do this season, but. Whereas your results that you've picked up, you've had you've obviously had that setback over Christmas, a couple of losses there, but you've you've pulled it yeah. back. Um, we've we've kind of kind of hit the other way now. With, with Sunday with Sunday in mind, I think that the thing for me, my main worry, and I think it's it's starting to show now, is that over reliance on a Casemiro in the midfield, and that's our biggest worry. Um, he's been phenomenal this season, even even when he's not been playing to his highest standards, he's still bossed our midfield, and that just shows where Manchester United's midfield is and has been for the last sort of four or five years. So it's it's a big task this Sunday. One that I'm gonna uh, quote I'm I'm gonna quote Chris here and say I'm yeah, worryingly confident. I mean I, I'm <laughs> quite the same as you. It's um it's one of them games, isn't it? You guys have looked phenomenal this season. You've been a, a hard unit to break down. And all I know a lot of Manchester United fans have said that we beat them in the Carabao Cup final. That's different. That's a one-off game where you chuck everything at it. Yeah. This this means a lot more, I think, for both teams moving on now into these final stages of the season. So, yeah, it's going to be a big, big game. Big, big game. Yeah, you're not wrong there. And uh, Pete, sorry, what? just to jump in, mate. I've just quickly thrown the league table up there. Ah, good man. Yeah, well, there it is. Um, there, there you go. So, Newcastle, like I say, fifth place we go. Third with a win, with better goal difference currently, um, and that changes things around, and it puts not only a little bit of pressure on, on, on Man United, as Dan's just mentioned, but but even more so on Tottenham, who um, are not looking good right now. And, and what makes it even worse for them is that they're the Monday game. 
So they yeah. get to watch us first play against each other and then what, however that analyze on the back of that, they've then got to go and do the business. And, and let's face it, you know, if, say, for example, it was a Newcastle United win and we're both sitting on 50 points and they, uh, I can't remember who they're playing on Monday, but who they go to. Tottenham are away to Everton, mate. They're good, doesn't right. Okay, so scrapping, again, scrapping Everton, aren't they as yeah. well? Scrapping yeah. for everything. Yeah, so not not a guarantee there, and and that puts massive pressure on 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 Spurs, um, having potentially you know Liverpool, Brighton, all winning games. Um, it, you know, it it cramps it up on them, and obviously we know their situation that they're, they're without a manager at the moment. So. Like I say, it's all to play for. All to play for, that is for sure. But no, thank you for that, Chris, um, top man. But um, look, I'd, you've talked about him already, uh, Casemiro being missing. Um, Chris mentioned it as well just before he came on, Dan. That there's, I think there's a few players potentially missing. Um, is is Ericsson still not still not available? So Ericsson, from what from what I've been reading and, and looking into, Ericsson is is doing well on his recovery, but this this will be too this will be too soon for him. I, I don't see I don't see any need for us as much as this is a massive game. I don't see any need for us to be rushing this guy back quicker than than we should be. Um, you know, we've still got and we'll probably go into it in, uh, shortly. We've still got some midfielders there that I feel obviously are not on the same uh, level as Casemiro, but who can come in and hopefully shore it up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, Garnacho looking like he's going to be long term. Yeah, Garnacho was six weeks when it happened, wasn't it? Six weeks. I, I don't, again, with him, I don't see us, I don't see us rushing him back. I think that the thing for Manchester United is, and I keep forgetting this, we've got so much football to play this season. So it just makes no sense. I know this is a big game, but it makes no sense to, to potentially rush these boys back and create even more drama for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree with that. I think that's a fair point. Um, I, I did hear some noises though today about potentially this man coming back. Is he back in training? I mean, Christ, where'd you start with, where'd you start with him? Honestly, I, I've been so positive there, Dad. <laughs> mate, honestly, the thing is, I'll be honest with you, right? I watched him in pre season and I thought he's looking sharp. We keep him fit. We've got something here. And there's no denying when you have a fully fit Anthony Martial in the squad, in the team, it's a positive. Of course it is. But the problem we have is you don't have a fully fit Martial. Yeah, he's put the train, he's put the training in, but playing doing a training session and playing a game are two different things. And the other worry with him is is yeah, okay, you're starting, but he ain't lasting 60 minutes. He he'll be off half time or just after. So I'm not so convinced he'll play. I'm not so convinced. Right, interesting. Interesting. And of course, um, lots of talk about one or two other players. Is it is it a bit of gamesmanship here with, with regards to Marcus Rashford? He was uh, you know, he, it happened it happened just before the cup final, didn't it? Yeah, uh, it happened just there, and then uh, obviously there's all talk of him being pulled out of the England squad um, yeah. with, with a knock. Um, you know, has there been any any noise, any pictures, any rumours of him training, or are you just expecting to just be back in the team? He'll play, mate. He was in New York on the international break. I mean, if if my man's injured, he's not he's not going to New York because because Ten Hag is not saying off you go. Um, he's playing, mate. There's more chance of West Ham staying up than him missing this game on <laughs> on, on, on on Sunday. You know, he's he's our talisman. You know, it's where our goals are coming from. At the end of the day, you, you, you're gonna. Whereas I'm saying he's not rushing back Garnacho um, and 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 Ericsson, Rashford has to play. 
Rashford has to play. You miss Casemiro, that's a massive loss. Rashford missing as well, that's yeah, that's too much, too much. So he'll play, definitely. You better add I've captained him on me bloody on me fans football anyway. Right. Well, let's see what those those press conferences are tomorrow. You might have to be making some late changes. But yeah, um it, it's it's looking like he's gonna play. And 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 the last one was Sabitza was pulled out of the Aust- Austrian team. I think he was on the bench, but did come on in the second game. Rumours of a knee injury. Um, you know, again, another one that you think he's he's gonna he's gonna play in your opinion. Again, yeah. I mean, provide, providing it's nothing too serious, I can't see how he doesn't play. Um, I, I just we'll get on. I know we'll get onto this man in a minute, but the thought of McTominay and Fred starting in a midfield um, two against against Newcastle away just puts the fear of God into me. Um, McTominay may have, have have done it on in, on the international uh, break for Scotland, but it's just yeah, it's it's got to be Sabitzer. If Sabitzer's fit, he has to start. Has to start. No, we'll, uh, we'll look to see how that, that one develops. But so, yeah, there's a little bit of a, an update from a Man United perspective with, with some of those players. For us, um, Chris, uh, it looks like it looks like we're going to have Anthony Gordon back. Um, Anthony Gordon uh, back training and, and in the fold. Alice Maximin been training in Dubai along with Callum Wilson. So it looks like those boys are back in. Um, great to see. Positive. Yeah, I think I think you lads mentioned it last night, didn't you? On the on the uh, on the loaded show when you were saying, um, mm. when you look at our bench, it's like that's like the strongest bench we've seen in about 10, 15 years. Like yeah. when you were going through all the players, I was thinking, hey, there's some good options on that bench. Which Dan, you probably know anyway. Like we're not used to seeing. Normally, there's one player. I think <laughs> I think a few months back, um, we had like well a plethora of players on there, and then there was there was uh, Elliot Anderson, and that was it. Um, yeah, and Elliot Anderson in the last couple of months has really come on. You know, like he's uh, he took his opportunity uh, really well when he made the cameo appearance against Forest. And he, he Eddie really... Howe brought him through, didn't he? Eddie Howe really rates him. I've, I've 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 read a few things from Eddie Howe about him. He's he, yeah, big fan, isn't he? Massive fan. Yeah, yeah. He, he went on loan to uh, Bristol Rovers in League Two with Joey Barton, and um, they nicknamed. It wasn't even us that nicknamed him this. They nicknamed him the Geordie Maradona. Um, they they absolutely adored him. Thought he was brilliant. Um, and then he came back. Um, obviously, Eddie Howe had a look at him when you know he came in. And um, it, it, I've always felt a little bit sorry for Elliot Anderson because he he ended up making a couple of cameo appearances, but they were either very short or they were in the centre of the park. You know, we played yeah. the free in midfield, and I just don't think that's his position. And then anyway, he came on uh, against Forest and he played. I think he played left wing, and um, he was he was superb. Absolutely. How old is he? So, How old, is he still still young? Yeah, is, is he nineteen twenty, Pete? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. years and as yeah. he's got years. Yeah, so very very exciting prospect. But yeah, to answer your question, Pete, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's great that we've uh, you know we've we've got some injuries back. Has there been um, an update on Miggy? Do we know? I mean, I know somebody saw Miggy in an airport, and Miggy said he's fit. But do we know if he's match fit, or has that not been confirmed? No, I think we'll find that out tomorrow uh, yeah. with Eddie's press conference. But, um, yeah, I don't expect him to start, even if he is fit and back playing. I think, uh, from my perspective, I think it, it, the best will be on the bench. But um, what, what I, like you just said, Chris, what a bench that would be yeah. is to have the likes of Miggy, Elliot Anderson, 
um, Anderson Maximin and uh, Callum Wilson on the bench potentially, and Gordon, uh, and Gordon yeah, uh, yeah. To, to bring on. There's your five subs or more um, to really come on and impact the game. So, look, it's a, it's positive from our perspective, uh, and it's certainly looking that way. Um, but we'll find out more t- tomorrow, that's for sure, uh, and we'll move forward. But look, but we have to have this conversation. Um, you're quite happy to have it, Dan, for various different reasons. Our fan base is split at the moment, but we talked about it a little bit last night, and it's uh, Scott McTominay. Um, he's turned into the absolute prime number eight midfielder on international break, and uh, all opinions are, are starting to change of Scott McTominay. But look, what are your what are your thoughts on Scott McTominay from a Man United perspective? You get to see him week in, week out um, at your club. He's clearly been heavily linked with Newcastle United. What what are your thoughts on all of those things in general? Yeah, it's, look, Scott McTominay. I think there's that element with Scott McTominay. That I, I think a lot of people forget. People still see him as this young lad that's still coming through at Manchester United. He's not. He's 26 now. He's he's had a, a long, long time at Manchester United. I know he's been part of a squad where we have been absolutely dire, but. I think a lot of Manchester United fans look at the way we're moving forward now and the way that we play football. I don't think we see uh, Scott McTominay next season at Manchester United. I think uh, I, I do think he goes to Newcastle. I know you, you, you're sort of when we spoke about this on the other show, you're uh, you're very much about it. But the other side of it is maybe he needs this move. Players players sometimes become stale at a football club. We know he loves the club. We know he's a Manchester you know Manchester United fan. But I think sometimes it's just one of them things. A marriage ends and, and you, move, you you both go separate ways. I always had a hope that he was going to be for Manchester United back in my you know sort of day watching it, a Darren Fletcher of a big game player, a player that just got it in the big, in the big, big matches you knew was going to turn up and was just going to churn, churn out a, a performance. I don't see it happening. I don't think I don't think Ten Hag trusts him as a player. I think as we've seen this season, Fred's played a lot of football. Uh, now, is Fred the same player without Casemiro? Well, no, we know that there is a lot. Of, there's been a lot of football where we've seen Casemiro babysitting Fred. I think in some games, but I think for for McTominay, it was great. He scored four goals in the international break, two goals against Spain, which let's be honest is 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 phenomenal. It is for for Scotland, but for for his career, I think it's time. I think it's time he moves on, and I think he gets football elsewhere. And the thing is, he's not going to get week in week out football at Manchester United, and that, that's not me giving a disservice to Newcastle United. That's not me saying that we're a better squad. What what say what that's saying for me is we've got players in, be, in in positions that are far better, I think, than Scott McTominay at Manchester United. Eddie Howe is developing uh, a bit of a, a knack here for seeing players in a position for him. We look at Joe Linton when he come in. Nobody saw Joe Linton as a as as just Mr. Utility for you guys. So it's one of them. Maybe he's seen something in in, in McTominay and, and next season we'll see a completely different side of him. Who knows? But as I say, for for me and I think for Manchester United fans on a whole, I think it's time he he um he he left at the end of the season. Yeah. Chris, obviously you've heard what Dan's had to say. And we had a little conversation about Scott McTominay last night. But what, what are your thoughts about not only the the links and, uh, and and what Dan said in general, but obviously obviously what he's done off the back of the international break as well. Yeah, I mean the international break, he's he's really um, you know he's kind of put himself in in the window so to speak, hasn't he? I, I think he did. I think he did well in the previous game to the Spain game as well, didn't he? Did he score a brace that game as well? Yeah, he's got four, hasn't he? he got four in two. 
geez, yeah. I mean, do you know what? I was, I was again to refer back to the show last night. I, I watched the show back, and I thought Richie hit the nail on the head. If I'm honest, because it's funny with Scott McTominay. Like, I, if if Eddie Al really wants him, then I'm happy with that because, as Dan said, you know, he's he's worked wonders with the majority of our players this season, which people don't give us enough credit for. People, you know, people who don't really look into it just say, "Oh, Newcastle have spent loads of money. That's why Newcastle are where they are, where they are." It's not. It's because of Eddie Al and his coaching. Um, yes, we've had some money to spend, but you know we we got outspent by Forest, West Ham, etc. Chelsea, I could go on, and we, you know we've performed really well, and that's down to Eddie Howe and his coaching staff. But in terms of McTominay, he, I think I think Dan's right as well. You know, he doesn't really like you don't see him and think, oh, he's going to be brilliant. Now, will would and, and, and I'm probably quoting Rich here, but you know, does Scott McTominay improve our squad? Yeah, does Scott McTominay, you know. Does Scott McTominay ease his way into our 11? I'd say no. Um, even though having a Scott McTominay would then push Bruno further forward, which is what we all want. I just I just worry more than anything um, about the price of him. Because for me, if I mean, if we were to get Scott McTominay for, say, 20, 30 million, I could live with that. But if it was 40 or north of 40, I think I just wouldn't. I just don't think there's enough there for me. Um, but then again, you know, as as I I, I kind of um, you know referred to earlier, Eddie Howe gets you know really he does really well out of his players, doesn't he? And he coaches them and he brings them on and they they start performing in a way that he needs them to. And um, I just think I just think it's a difficult one. I really really do. Like if he comes in, I'll support him and obviously I'll be I'll be you know behind him and everything like that. But I just think nowadays you need more than just an engine as your number six, especially if you want them to be challenging at the top end of the league table. Like you need yeah. more. Same way Man United need more. You know he's probably a good utility player, but you go out and spend forty million on a utility player. Not I don't think we're at that level yet. I, t- I tell you the other the other question. Sorry to put back on on the both of you here is. McTominay is a player, as we've seen, that, that Eddie Howe wants. You can, you know, it, it's been mentioned. Now, with you guys teetering on Champions League football, you could get it this season. It's been a great season for you. European football, I think, is 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 pretty much there for you guys. I think this is where we're going to start to see what the owners want and if they're willing to back what Howe wants. Now, they've backed the players that Howe, Howe has brought in. Phenomenal. But with that taste now of the elite competition, are they going to say to him, we should we shouldn't be linked with a, a Scott McTominay. We want the names. This is where I think that this summer I've I've said to Pete about this. I, I think it's gonna be a really interesting summer for Newcastle to see the yeah. type of player you do bring in. Because as you said, I mean I don't watch Newcastle as much as you guys, but I do keep an eye. I don't think he's got many many signings wrong, has he? I don't think he's got many signings wrong at all. No. No, not at all. Yeah. Like when we signed when we signed Dan Byrne, Dan <laughs> when we signed Dan Byrne, you know, everyone was a bit like Dan Bain. like I know he's from Newcastle, but you know Matt Target. People were like, "Oh, well, yeah, he's, he's he's pretty decent." You know, he's an improvement on what we've got. Um, there was a few players, you know, that we brought in, and people were um and ah, and it's like when we first brought Nick Pope in as well. People were saying, "Is he much better than Dubravka? Is he is he um, on I, I said at the start of the season. So, I sorry, I said at the start of the season he was the sign of the season for the price you got him. That that guy is for not. I love him. Nick Pope, he's he deserves a move like he's had at Newcastle. He deserves to to, to test himself on a bigger stage than Burnley. And that's not a, a dig at Burnley. I just think I, I think he deserves it. And I think he's 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 repaid that back, hasn't he? Other than the mistake oh, at Liverpool, I think he's phenomenal for you. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. 
what is that, 12, 12 clean sheets this season? Like, it's a, he must he must be loving it because he was peppered week in, week out at Burnley. And now he's he's going through games sometimes this season where he hasn't had a, a, a save to make. It's, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, we lost Pete. Loves it, doesn't he? Looks like looks like we've lost Pete. Um, but Dan, do you know what I'm going to do? Because we've got so many star questions, I'm going to I'm going to ask you a few of these questions. If that's yeah, okay. yeah, that's um, fine. Because, and I want to start off with this one actually, because Daz has asked this one. Daz from our channel, who you, who you may have met before, um, and I'm interested to hear this as well. He wants to know, Dan, what are you planning for your uh, new channel, and when you kick it off, United first. Yeah, so, I mean, I wanted to start it halfway through the season because I've predominantly been a lot of non, to non-league football. That's where I started on YouTube. But my, my love's Manchester United. You know, I go and watch Manchester United and I found myself wanting to have that opinion. And I got the opportunity to go on to the 12th man and then you guys have given me the opportunity to come on to here. And I thought to myself, I need to do something. So at the timing, the timing's not been great for it. I looked at it, I thought, I can't start it midway through the season. I can't do that because... You, you you need to you need to build I think instead of instead of just saying hello by the way I'm Manchester United come and watch my content so yep. the plan is um, pre season we're going to be going through the, the you know obviously covering the pre season the pre season tour games uh, going through all the transfer news of course There's, I've got a lot a lot of ideas of of some content to fill in in between um, the TikTok's been really good actually I've I'm 36 so I've, I thought I was too old to use TikTok but I seem to be getting <laughs> some some decent. Um, some decent views on there, which is brilliant. So obviously, you know, I, I can't be talking too much nonsense. <laughs> so um, the plan is to start in pre-season. Um, I've pretty much, I've, I've got all of the the, back, the hard work done. Uh, I'm just waiting for a few things for, for the room behind me because at the moment I'm sharing with the wife's makeup room. I won't show you too much of it. It's a bloody nightmare. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so so it's it's going to be sort of June time we, we, we kick off. I'm, I'm really excited. And, and in doing that, we're going to have the watch-alongs post-match pre-match. I'm going to be a very busy boy and obviously getting you guys involved like you have with myself. So, yeah, interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited for the summer. It's good, mate. Really, really looking forward to it. We, we as you know, we we started out. questions, Dan's way. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, Pete. Yeah, absolutely, mate. My, um, internet, my internet's in and out. And Craig Lee just put up, I've got Daz's internet. I think, I'm, I think you might have passed it on to me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> No, absolutely, mate. Um, okay, so I'm going to... Do you know what, Dan? I'm going to ask you my question. This is a question yeah, I've yeah, never done this before, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, so question for Dan and Teddy. Uh, with Man United on 50 points, Spurs on 49, Newcastle on 47, and Liverpool, Brighton and Brentford all on 42, like we saw earlier. Are you confident that top four is done and dusted for Man United? And the reason I'm asking you that question is because a couple of weeks back, when you know we're all aspiring for top four, we were looking at the league table and going, right, we'll discount Arsenal, Man City, Man United because you know the, the top three's set. We're yeah. just hoping to get that fourth spot. I mean, things look a little bit different a few weeks on. Um, but are you of that mindset that you know, f as far as you're concerned, without being too cocky, uh, are you feeling pretty confident that the top four is sealed, or do you have a little bit of worry around the likes of us, Liverpool, and Tottenham? I don't think I have... Do you know what? There's a concern. There's always a concern. But I think the job that Ten Hag has done this season, I don't think he allows the mentality to drop. And I don't think we... we I just don't think we drop into the, into fifth, sixth. I think what's helped United and I think it's helped you guys is obviously Liverpool being so inconsistent. They absolutely demolished us and then they go and lose to Bournemouth. They've got City. 
And it's the whole Spurs thing. I mean, that is just a mess upon mess. You know, the, the director of football this week has been told he's not allowed to have anything to do with football due to his Juventus links. I just feel, and I hope, um, that Newcastle and, and, and Manchester United will, will be okay now. I think there's too much going on around them clubs for us to be dragged into it. I mean, obviously, the, the points here, I've got, uh, as you said, Brighton and Brentford on all, are on 42 points. We've got to play them both. I'm a lot more confident we're a bit further along now than when we played them last time, obviously lost the both start of the season. Um, the other side of it as well is, as well as Casemiro missing a few games, he's going to be a lot fresher when he comes back for the other games. Yeah. So we've got Ericsson to come back. We've got we've got him to come back. I kind of feel like top four, we're going to be okay. But my take on it has been, and I don't know if Pete remembers this, I don't know if Pete's froze. Is he froze or is he just really good at holding a pose there? I think he might have flew again. That's brilliant. Um, my my <laughs> comment I made on um, on on the the other channel on Football's Twelve Man was due to the the volume of games that Manchester United have got coming. I still see Newcastle finishing third. I, I don't want us to finish fourth. I want us to finish you know third and to be comfortable. But I just think with the sheer amount of a volume of games Manchester United have, the travel that's going to be involved because it's the Europa League. You know, it's Thursday Sunday. I just think. As long as we get that top four, I'm happy. And that's the job done for, for me for the season. Of course, we're Manchester yeah. United and, you know, a lot of fans will say we deserve to be top. We don't deserve to be top. We don't deserve to be anywhere near there. Pete will bat me when I, when, when I say that we were never in a title race. We were never anywhere near. We were never ready. This season has been about getting some respect back, bar the Liverpool result, and winning a trophy and getting that top four. So, so yeah, I'm confident that we finish top four. I'm, I'm confident we finish top four. Yeah. And are you saying so? You are you saying from that down that you think Newcastle are going to finish third and that you're going to finish fourth? That's that's what I think. I I just think uh, you know, as I said, you know, what you'll get with me, Chris. I'm not I'm not the United fan that says we. Of course, we're going to finish third. It, it has to be a hint of realism, and the real yeah. the realism in this is we have got a lot of football left to play, and we've played the most games across Europe. So for this team to still keep going and doing what they're doing. There's gonna be there's gonna be mistakes. There's gonna be results that we're gonna go. Oh, Christ, we could have done without that. But I don't. I, I still back us to finish top four. The, the other side of it as well is if if you know we win the two games in hand um, on on new on sorry on Spurs like you. Well, we kind of pull away a bit there because Liverpool yeah. have still yeah. these three fixtures that, that Liverpool have, have got coming. This defines their season. This this defines their season. Um, Spurs, I think Spurs have got a couple of dice. We've still got to play Spurs as well. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to know in the next, I think, three or four weeks who's, who's up there. We can have a look at some of the fixtures now because uh, we've got them here. The Premier League put them out earlier. <clears throat> so we've got yours on there winning to the end of the season. Um, you've just talked about Spurs. You know, they go to Everton on Monday. Then they've got Brighton who are flying high at the moment. Bournemouth. Uh, and then they've got to come to us, and then you, and then and then Liverpool. So like they've got a run of fixtures there that are tough. Um, yeah. it's, it's it's not easy. And then you, you flick on the other side. You've got Newcastle's here. Um, you know you've got obviously Newcastle's. From our perspective, we we know Newcastle's fixtures. But you look at Liverpool's, and they've got you know Chelsea and Man, and Man City all within a short space of time. Then yeah. then they've got Arsenal. You know, then they, you know, how are they feeling after that? Are they reeling from defeats, or are they buzzing from wins? And then they've got to go to Leeds, or are scrapping for their lives. It's not, e it's not easy. It looks, you know, you look at those Forest, Leeds, Forest, West Ham. 
they're all down there. They're all desperate for points. They're all going to be scrappy. Yeah. And you've got them one after another after another. At some point, something might give, especially with their defence. So you, you just you just don't know. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the other side of it as well, Pete, is it's not a bo- it's not a bottom like five battling, is it? It's from twelfth down. So each and every one of them teams, and there's like four points in it. They are literally going to be scrapping and battling. So it's 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 going to be interesting. I've got to be honest. You know, take away my obvious love that Liverpool have been absolutely shocking this season. I can take I can take the seven nil if if it means they finish like they have. Um, it's been a cracking season, hasn't it? It's been a cracking season. You know, for for just for just sheer. Shock, you know, Chelsea. Yeah. Nobody expected Chelsea to be as bad as they've been. Nobody expected Liverpool, the mentality monsters, to to do what they've done, and nobody expected Arsenal to to not only get out in front but keep continuously doing it. So, I think it's been a great season. A lot of a lot of the fans of the clubs who have been poor have said, "Oh, it's a, it's a terrible season." Write it off. I've really enjoyed it, and as I said. That bottom twelve, that is fascinating. That's going down to the wire. That that is going down to the wire. So, yeah, who would imagine not loving football, eh? I know. Uh, yeah, it's going to be class. And look, from our perspective, Chris, I think we're just we're we're just happy that we're looking down there and, yeah. <laughs> and not being not actually being a part of it for a change. I think. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Do you know what? It's it's a really good point uh, Dan made there as well. When I got the league table up before Pete. I couldn't believe the gap between 12th and 13th. Like, or is it 11th and 12th? It's like huge, 11, isn't it? It's 12, like, yeah. like 11 points. So you can mm. already see that gap. It is. It's it's just like the, everyone else is submerging down. And yeah. like, you know, we're all just pulling away. And Pete, you're absolutely spot on. Like, it's, it's fantastic that, uh, you know, we don't have to worry ourselves with that anymore. Because Dan, over the last, like, well, however long, I know you'll have been speaking to Pete ages about it. Like, it's just been horrendous. Like most seasons, we're just thinking, "Oh God, just stay up, just stay up." It's, it's been a shame. It has been a shame because, as I say, Newcastle are, are a club. Ever since you know, this is going to say terrible. I'm probably going to get battered for this, but ever since watching goal, you know, and watching goal, I've just Brilliant. I've always had a, I've always had that little thing for Newcastle. You know what I mean? Santiago Munez, absolutely brilliant. And um, and so it's it's always been one of them things with Newcastle. You've gone through the the, the ringers. I mean, Mike Ashley was. He was, dare I say, he's worse than the Glazers, wasn't he? Let's be honest. I mean, you look at what he's done with Coventry now, kicked him out of their ground. It's You've had to go through it. You've had to go through, obviously, the Steve Bruce era. You've got the relegation. But the one thing that, that always just amazes me about Newcastle, I'm, not, I'm trying not to give you too much flowers here, but it's just the fan base. You know what I mean? The championship, you are still pulling in the fans that you get. And I think they've deserved this. You really, you've really deserved this after all the crap you've gone through for your boys to be watching and girls. Sorry, sorry, Lisa and, and the ladies out there. Um, to, to have this season, it's it's been phenomenal for you. It's it's been a real good feel good story, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Pete, can we have Dan on every week? <laughs> Brilliant. I can't promise I'll be like this Monday morning if you beat us. <laughs> hey, I've seen him. When, I've seen him when he's not been happy. Uh, but no, look, absolutely spot on, mate. Um, and look, Chris, this is why we get the guests that we do on away days because um, they know their stuff and um, there's, there's clearly mutual respect there. That's for sure. So, um, um, yeah. 
cracking stuff. Uh, any more questions before we move to the next segment? I was going to say, I've got one more question to ask Dan. We've got loads of questions, Dan, so we may come to them a bit later on yeah, as well. But just one more question before we move on, and this is quite an important one, actually. Um, Michael Pomar asks, uh, would you rather spend two weeks on a desert island with only Dan Lawless as company, or be forced to strip naked and run around Newcastle City Centre after the game on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> You know something? Um, I've, I've I've probably done the latter. I've done the latter in Birmingham, so it's. Uh... <laughs> um, oh, do you know what? I mean, I give I give that man so much stick, but to spend two weeks with him on a desert island, I think I, honestly, I, I'd rather have Liverpool tattooed on my neck and spend oh. a day on an island than that. Place. I love him to death. Honestly, he's the gift that keeps on giving. But no, Christ no, Christ no, definitely not, definitely not. You'd have to say you're not talking about football, period. You just say this, we're not talking about football. Well, he doesn't, he, talk about, he doesn't talk about football, really, does he? He hasn't got a bloody clue. He just <laughs> bloody honestly. Oh, Christ. Christ almighty. What a guy. What a guy. Nah, he's a great guy. Great guy. Um, but yeah, you don't often know how to wind people up. Uh, that was sure. <laughs> but look, uh, no, uh, we'll come back to some of those questions in, the, in a sec because I know there's some absolute crackers in there. But yeah, I think uh, it's probably about time for some stats, I think. Evening, lads. Evening, <laughs> Keith. Like magic, he appears. Good evening, Keith. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Um, well, I hope you guys are well too. I just thought I'd drop in. Yeah. Just, just drop in. Just why not? Just <laughs> drop in. Share your knowledge with the world, uh, Quizmaster, old Quizmaster. Uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> well, well played, well played by all. By the way, last week I thought that was a superb show and a superb idea as well to um, help tide us through. Well, international break was on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, good quiz, uh, good laugh. Um, yeah, some questions harder than others, but look, uh, not yeah. for you. Uh, but uh, yeah, great all round. But look, always a pleasure to have you on the way days um, and. Uh, what stats have you got for us this week? I'd just like to warn everybody in advance, everybody <laughs> here included, okay? Just, you know, those who, you know, are, are quite easily distressed might just want to look away now. <laughs> oh, no. Strap oh. yourselves in. I will try and make a positive as much as I can um, throughout this, but you can't deny history in recent times with Man United and Newcastle over the last 20, 25 years. Um the overall record of fixtures in the Premier League since 93-94 for Newcastle is heavily weighted towards Man United. Played 55 games, won seven, Newcastle have. They've drawn 16 and they've lost 32. A clear advantage to Man United there. Um, Newcastle's record as well at St. James's Park in the Premier League, played 27, won six, 
drawn seven and lost 14, scoring 34 goals and conceding 50 goals to Man United in those fixtures. Um, so Newcastle, they've scored those goals uh, overall as well in the overall fixture, scored 55 goals against Man United and were conceded more than any other to more than any other side. They've conceded 113 goals to Man United, um, which is Newcastle's worst against any team. Um, there's been only six draws, nil-nil draws in 55 games as well since the 93-94. And the last game at Old Trafford in the Premier League was a nil-nil draw as well. Um, Newcastle have won three of the last 18 games against Man United by the same score, 1-0. So those three victories all by the same score. Moving on to managers here, Eddie Howe, his record against Man United. Again, I'll add the disclaimer that most of this was when he was manager against Bournemouth. Um, he's managed 13 games, won two, drawn three and lost eight. Um, so he can get the odd result against um, Man United. Um, goalkeepers, how do they fare? Nick Pope, he's got 12 clean sheets in 26 games for Newcastle. Similar record to David De Gea, 11 clean sheets in 26 league games for Man United this season. Players, focus on Marcus Rashford here. Um, the man of the moment, certainly this season for Man United and for England. Um, Marcus Rashford scored 14 goals in 26 Premier League games this season, and he's scored a season-best 27 goals in 44 games in all competitions for Man United. Um, no, and no player has scored more winning goals in the Premier League this season than Marcus Rashford has for Man United with nine go winning goals. And Marcus Rashford alone has a brilliant record against Newcastle. He's been involved in a career best seven goals in nine games against Newcastle. With he scored four and assisted three, um, and also as well a couple of other Man United players I wanted to talk about as well: Christian Eriksen and Bruno Fernandez. They have um, seven and six goal scoring assists as well each. Uh, for Man United this season. And Bruno Fernandes, he's ranked second in big chances created in the Premier League this season for Man United. 19 big chances. Whereas, conversely for Newcastle, Kieran Trippier, he's ranked third in big chances created uh, in the Premier League. 18 for Newcastle. And he also has the highest number of completed crosses for Newcastle with 267 completed crosses this season. Alan Saint-Maximum always uh, seems to divide opinion this season, but he's scored, he's fared quite well against Man United, scoring twice in three Premier League games against Man United. Um, some general stats to round off here. Um, Newcastle are winless in six Premier League games against Man United, although the last two have been draws, so it's two draws and four defeats in the last six. Newcastle have not gone three league games without defeat against Man United since January 2012, which was a memorable 3-0 New Year result for Newcastle at St. James's. And Man United haven't lost to Newcastle in the last seven in all competitions, including the Colin Cup final, five wins and two draws. Um, Man United have also won more 
Premier League away games against Newcastle than any other side as well, with 14 away wins at St. James's Park. Um, Newcastle had a good record against Man United at St. James's until the early 2000s. And then after that, for a long while, it was all Man United. Um, however, um, they have lost um, two of the past five games at St. James's Park. Um, the previous before that, they'd only lost one in the last 13 at St. James's Park in a run that went back to about 2001 with the infamous and brilliant 4-3 win for Newcastle that day. Um, and the last stat is um, Man United have failed to score in the last two league games. And that's as many times as in their first 24 games this season. Um, the, the, the last time that they went three games without a goal was back in February 2020. So that just shows you how brilliant Man United have been attacking-wise and how they've improved this season alone. And that rounds off the stats. I hope that wasn't too bad for you and everybody. That was cooking. Yeah, spot on. Uh, I know what you're doing here. I know what you're doing here. You're trying to fill me with more confidence so I sit here and say, that's it, yeah, we're going to absolutely... I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Come and dance to our beat, Dan. Come and dance to our beat. <laughs> but no, uh, look, we, we always appreciate um, Keith taking the time to put those fantastic stats to, uh, together. Uh, and they are, they, they are the weirdest stats uh, around and they give us a... Uh, an, an opinion of, of how the game's going to go, uh, certainly at St. James's Park. So, um, as we always say, stats are there to be broken, certainly from our perspective, after the 15 years we've had previous, we're here to break those stats uh, now and, and, and turn them into more positive ones. And look, from our perspective, I'm sure you agree, Chris, as well, this is, this is the aim starting Sunday. It is. I, th- I, I, just, I just think there's so much... After hearing those stats, now I'm kind of like, oh, bollocks. <laughs> Just honestly, <laughs> honestly, honestly. It's always a clash. Do you know what, though? Other than a couple of like nil-nils, there's been some classics, hasn't there, in, the, in this fixture in, in the past. There's been some absolute belters, absolute belters. I'm thinking as well here about not only the 4-3 at St. James's, but there was also another 4-3, I think, on Boxing Day, wasn't there? I think, was was that Fergie's last season? Where CC grabbed a couple of goals, I think that was a that was quite a mini classic as well. Yeah, there's been some stunners, absolute stunners. I hope it's not on Sunday. I can't take, I just can't take another. <laughs> we're my my Sunday league team are manager in the cup Sunday morning, and we're playing a, a team two divisions above us. So I could just do with something nice and easy, please Sunday, because I don't think I'm going to be ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to be in for one of their ones. <laughs> I certainly hope <laughs> not. But what would you what would you say? Question for you, Dan. What would you say? Is your most memorable win um, against Newcastle United one that you put out there at the, at the biggest? Oh, for, for for me, it's it's always going to be the FA Cup two nil uh, the treble season. I just honest, everything fell into fell into place for me there. I just yeah, especially when when Keno went off injured, sort of first half, I was like, oh, Christ on my end. It was it was just part of a memorable memorable three or four weeks that I'll never ever forget. And I'll never live that 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 moment again in my lifetime. It was just stunning. Stunning for me. I'm interested to find out obviously 
there might be an obvious one out there, but is is there a is there a game for for you, Chris and, and Keith, that stands out that that are, that's memorable to you um, against against Man United? Oh, there's the obvious ones, of course. Yeah, I mean the most. I can't, I'm trying to remember the year. Um, it was the it was the three nil where Denver Bar got a brace. Yeah. Trying to think what no, year that was. Finished fifth, I think. Not the 11-12 year. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what annoyed me about that was the build up to that? I had to sit there and listen about how Denver Bar liked strawberry syrup. Yeah. So, so what do you do in your pre-match? Well, I really love strawberry syrup, and I thought this guy, we're going to smash these lads tonight. Bang, three <laughs> 0 I think, I think as well. I think Rooney. There was some stories about Rooney at the time. Rooney was in a bit of a trouble as well over the Christmas and New Year. So that result hadn't helped things for Man United at the time. But for me, uh, there's two results for me that I remember. Um, one of them is the Newcastle one, and again, it was sort of because Newcastle were going through a, like a tr- period of transition at the time, and it was. I couldn't believe that we were actually beating Man United the way we were. It was my favourite season, 1999-2000, under Sir Bobby Robson, the awful start we had under Hullet, and it was beating Man United 3-0. I remember when where I was at work at the time, Newcastle going 2-0 up through Shearer. Duncan it was Ferguson? Like, was Duncan Ferguson, yeah, at good? the beginning. Was and that then the Shearer, where he hit it? Yeah. Yep, the next oh, two. Man. It was like I was walking on it. I could not believe it. It like made me day. And again, that re- revenge factor from the FA Cup the previous year of how gutted I was when Newcastle were, had, were losing 2 0 in that one. Yeah. And the other one that I remembered as well is the um, Newcastle, well, it's the Man United nil, Newcastle United won at Old Trapper because I never ever thought I'd see the day when Newcastle would get a result. And it was Kabai and Newcastle were in the yellow shirts at, at, at the Stratford end. I just could not believe. I mean, I, not to take anything away, I knew Newcastle at Man United was so bad that year, but it was just brilliant to see Newcastle actually get a result down there. Yeah. yeah. Just to add as well. Um, that then? Yeah. 2013-14, yeah. The infamous eight-year contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What were you going to yeah, say, Chris? Yeah, I was going to say, um, and just thinking of Man United Newcastle games um, as well. Other than other than obviously Newcastle goals, which will probably always be my favourite. My favourite non Newcastle goal was that goal that Rooney scored, where he was moaning at the referee, and then yeah. he just oh, turned yeah. around, seen the ball, pinged it, and Shea Given just had no chance. Like it was just like that goal. Even now, like get shivers on my spine thinking about it because I remember watching it and just thinking, wow. He loved playing. He loved playing Newcastle, didn't he? Yeah. Had a good record yeah, against yeah, Newcastle, yeah. Rooney. Can you can you as well remember the goal that Darren Ambrose scored before that? Yeah, I think it was it Newcastle in the lead. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <clears throat> I, I uh, for, for horrible reasons. I I always remember. Um, I remember the the game where Genus scores the absolute rasper at St. James's yeah. Park yeah, yeah, really yeah. early on. And he does the old the old celebration that him and Shoulder oh, yeah. and I used to do. And I was like, I was like, we're off for a master. I was thinking five nil, I'm thinking it's coming. And then we just got blew we just got blown away. We just got blown away. Uh, yeah, six two, I think it was. Yeah. 
And I just, I, I remember coming away from that so deflated because the way we, we started like a house on fire, man, you didn't know what to do. We were, we were fantastic. And then we got do, the goal. Do you know what though? United we're were, <clears throat> we were blessed back then, man, United, because under Ferguson, we could be 2-0 down 89th minute. We just knew that if we got a chance, we weren't out of it. And that's, We've we've obviously been brought crashing back down to earth you know, in the last ten years as to as to what happens when you do concede and, and having that mentality to, to to push on. But that that game, the six two one, I remember that. Wasn't there two screamers? Didn't didn't Shearer score a belter as well in that one? That I think yeah. the next one who got the goal after that, it was I oh think when it was six one and it was uh, it was. Um, the Amiobi who got the uh, consolation for Newcastle. I think you might be talking about the game earlier in the season from the free kick. 5-3. Yeah. 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 The Bernard yeah. Cross. Bernard, I'll never forget him getting knocked out cold. Was it Was it Robert who, who's absolutely yeah. smashed the ball out of it? He just does the steps yeah. and off he goes. You don't want to get in the way of Ron Robert when he strikes the ball. <laughs> Uh, definitely, I remember that at Leicester. I remember all, all the all the fans, all their fans laughing and, and going mad. We thought it was just we were, we thought it was messing around, like get up. But he was genuinely out he was cold. Gone. He yeah. Was yeah, he was gone. Um, but um, yeah, there was the, the yeah there was the one at Old Trafford. Uh, so the 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 uh, Bernard goal, and then there was the Shearer free kick. Um, uh, I think he hit a milestone that game. I can't remember what what the milestone was. By scoring that goal, but yeah, great strikes. There's been there's been some classics down the years. There was the the Shearer Keen fight where Keen oh, gets sent yeah. off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think she, I think Keen was like aimed a ball at him or something, and then uh, yeah, yeah. It was. Do you know what annoyed me about that? I mean, I love Shearer. I mean, Shearer was my era growing up watching England, and I loved him. But it was just when he got the slap, and he's like at the referee going. And I was like, oh, come on, Shearer, you make it fucking worse now. And to be fair, Shearer and Keane, I didn't realise the blind hatred they actually had for each other. That is like, that is proper hatred, isn't it? They they do not even like now. Yeah, even, even now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But they've been, I, I, I think Shearer might have mentioned that, actually. I think they've yeah. both been offered a lot of money to go on, on a panel together. Like to talk, you know, like I think Keane and Vieira have done it since. And yeah, they yeah. obviously have their rivalry, but... They both refused I to do I think, it. was it on the uh, Neville podcast, the overlap or something, where uh, it was on, certainly on one show where there was a question posed, and I think Keane said, look, there was just one, I couldn't get past it, and he was indicating about Shearer. And I know Shearer has been quite complimentary on the Match of the Day podcasts about Keane, but there the definitely is something, that, and it was amped up more at the time, because yeah, yeah. Shearer used to give as good as he got in some of those challenges, even when he was at Blackburn with Keane, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do, oh, yeah. Do, do, do you think it stems from the fact that he, he, he turned Manu down, he didn't sign for Manu? Do you think that's why he hates him? Or it might be the other way around because people forget Keane turned Blackburn down when, when Shearer was there, didn't he? Yeah. He, he, he turned... Mm -hmm. um, there's that famous story that Dalgleish rang him and said, where are you? Well, I'm on holiday. I'm going to, to, to Ayanapa. Well, I'm going to find you and I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to slap you. So I don't know. It's one of them. I mean, it's also one of them things, isn't it? I mean, I think in a team together, they'd have been, they'd have been great. You, you, forget, you forget as well at the time the, the early 90s to the mid 90s that was a hell of a rivalry between Newcastle uh, sorry Blackburn and Man United both yeah. going for the title that year for those couple yeah, of years yeah. it was quite intense 
It was yeah. it was also, but it was bittersweet for United because obviously they nowhere and got relegated, didn't they? Ninety eight, ninety nine, with Brian Kidd in charge. Uh, Brian Kidd left Manchester United in not the not the most positive of ways, and um, and they got relegated. So, yeah, I mean, as 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 my early memories, you know, I was born in eighty six, so watching Blackburn win the league and then watch them go down, watch it, and it was a catastrophe, wasn't it? Because they spent all that money to bring the players in, and it just it just folded, and it? it went it went the complete wrong way. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I want to look at tactics just before we get to predictions and move on. But I know Kenzie in the chat has mentioned about um, Terry a number of times. Now, Terry, I've been speaking to him and he, he has apologised. His show ran over through um, one or two guests that arrived late for his show. His show's only just finished, but he has to travel to get home to, in order to set up for his show. Um, he, he may make it, he may not, um, but it depends on how long we run, really. Um, I, I don't fancy doing a four-hour show again. Um, I, I still get ridiculed after the last time I did that, after a lot of brandy. But yeah, um, we'll, we'll I see. Love you on brandy, Pete. I love you on brandy, mate. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you love you me on brandy. My guy gets loose. My guy gets loose. Anyone who's watched the Christmas version of the talk, man, you'll know what I mean. You'll know what Dan is. Yeah, um, I do want to look at some um, some tactics uh, because. Um, Dan has given us our predicted 11. So, uh, for, for Man United, we've got our predicted 11 for Newcastle. So, let's get them on the screen and have a little look. So, um, this is your team, Dan, um, from uh, from a Man United perspective. Does that seem right in terms of the layout, the setup? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think the only one I'm a bit concerned about, and and Pete, you'll know this from from our time on the 12th man, is my absolute hatred of Anthony, and I just worry that he could start on mm. on Sunday. And you know something, I, I I put this out there, and I say this to every Premier League manager, be they watching or any ever Premier League fan, if you can't defend against a man who does not does not have a right foot, then there's something seriously wrong because his goals have been. Every time this season, cuts in on his left, goes for goal. Um, but that, but that team, yeah, that, that's where I see us going. Um, I know there's been, I know he's toyed a little bit with Veghorst sort of playing in that cam role and Rashford going up top. But I just think with players, players available, that's what that's what we'll see. And actually, Wambasaka, Wambasaka's been really good this season. Uh, Dallow at the start of the season was fantastic. Got injured on international duty, and Wambasaka's come back in and really. Really give a really good a, a good account of himself. So so that's my team. That's that's who I think will start. So how do you think before we come to, to um Chris and Keith from a Newcastle perspective, how do you think you you guys are gonna win the game? What 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 how does it normally play out for you guys, particularly away from home as well? Because you do play slightly different away from home. Yeah, we do look more on the counter, don't we? We do tend to, to counter a lot away from home. I think I think the battle is obviously the midfield. That midfield battle is going to be so so key. I mean, look at look at the players you got in there: Fernandez, Bruno, Jurlinton, Sabitzer, Fred, Longstaff. I think United have got to be bold. They've got to be bold now in this game because the one thing about Newcastle you see is they they are very tight, aren't they, at the back? It's I've I don't think you can see you've been absolutely pummeled this season, have you? So. It's gonna, it's gonna be a Willockinio. I'd love that, absolutely love that. I just pop that. I just pop that. Um, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be a midfield battle. Now, the thing for me, looking what Manchester United did against Fulham, and I think could be key in this game, is if it's not working with Veghorst up top, and we see Rashford go into the middle, uh, and see maybe, maybe Sancho come on or a Palestri come on. 
is I would quite like to see uh, Fernandes drop back a little bit if we're missing that creativity. He did it against Fulham before they went down to nine men. And I think it was quite effective. Um, Sabitzer and Fred have been known to obviously move forward, push forward. And we're going to have to be careful to, uh, in, in this game because, as you say, as I said before, Casemiro is so disciplined in, in being that, that, that last line in the midfield. So the midfield battle is going to be interesting, but it's going to be a game where I think there needs to be discipline. But also, I think we need to look look at the, the the wing play look at the wing play because anthony doesn't offer too much on the right and i worry that we over over overgo on the left so i i just think i just feel like in the midfield if we can win that battle um and not have to rely too much on 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 their course coming dropping deep to anything we should be okay no fair play um so look there might be times where Fernandez is coming this this deep to kind of receive the ball, with these guys coming forward to kind of press and be part of the attack. Um, that's an interesting interesting way um, of operating, particularly with uh, our our midfield and how strong they can be, um, not just from a physical point of view, from a from a fitness point of view. But um, look. Chris, I'll come to you. This is the team that I've gone for. I mean, look, we, we could do anything with this. We could switch it yeah, back yeah. And, and vice versa. But this is the team we talked about last night, but this is the team that I, I think, in my opinion, and maybe in yours as well, that, that's going to start, maybe should start the game. But what are your thoughts about that and, and where do you see his potential to win in the game on Sunday? Yeah. Do you know what, Pete? This is probably one of the easiest weeks that I can remember in terms of what I think the starting 11 should be, despite the fact we've probably got the most available fit players that we've had. Like Jacob Murphy has got to start. Um, I think it'd be really, really, really unlucky. Even if Gordon or Miggy are fit, I think it'd be very, very harsh to drop Jacob Murphy. Um, and I think, uh, do you know what? I've not actually had the chance to speak to you on show about this, but the difference he's made since he's come in at right midfield. And, you know, we all used to have a little moan, didn't we, when he'd come on and we'd be like, oh, here we go, Jacob Murphy. But so- something's happened, whether it's in training with Eddie R, whether the penny's dropped, I don't know. But he's now added another dimension to our attack. And now I just love, I love seeing Jacob Murphy get on the ball because I, I know in my head I'm thinking, this ball's going to get whipped in. This ball's yeah. going to get whipped in at pace in the right area and Isaac's going to gobble it up. Chris, does that does, does that have anything to do with Trippier behind him? Because Trippier, I think, this is a lot of things I've seen with Newcastle since he's come in there. He's not only playing that captain's role; I've seen him coach a lot of players on the pitch. And does yeah. is that is that the same with Murphy? Because as you say, Murphy's been hit and miss, and I think he's been a sort of like McTominay with us. Some fans want him playing, some fans don't. But yeah. again, I just wonder with with Trippier behind him, and he is putting those balls in a lot more. Is is that a, a direct? Um, result of that. Do you know what, Dan? It's a great shout. And it, you, you could well be right. I mean, we've seen this season, Dan, um, which you'll have probably noticed yourself, like, Miggy Almiron's probably been our best player. And yeah. again, that links in with what you're saying, you know, about Trippier behind him, uh, you know, leading him, bringing him on. We Fabian Shah has been absolutely outstanding at centre-back. And having Kevin Trippier next to him, I think it's no coincidence that, you know, we do we do see these levels or the raised levels of performance. And I think I'm right, Pete, in saying, aren't I, that when Murphy was coming on in his cameo roles, he did he did come on as left wing on on yeah. I'd say a lot of them. Um, yeah. So the fact that he's now been put on right wing and he's probably just been told get that ball in the box, just get it in early for Isaac because Isaac will be there 
in a, in and around that you know that danger area. And then we've got the likes of Willick running into the box, Joe Linton, Longstaff, Bruno when he's you know playing a bit further forward. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's that's been a massive difference for me. I think um, the only thing I was going to say, Pete, at the very start, which you've changed now, is I probably would have put Joe Linton on the left. Now I'm like you, I prefer Joe Linton in the middle. But yeah. as we know, uh, Willich and Joe Linton are very interchangeable. Like through that game, they will swap roles. And I love seeing Willich uh, bombing down that left wing because he's just yeah. got that turn of pace, which is quite deceiving. So Some players aren't aware of it. I mean, Dan, I don't know if you saw it. When we played Man, Man City earlier on in the season, there's a clip of Joe Willich picking the ball up and he puts it past Kyle Walker and just absolutely smokes him. And yeah. Not many people know he's got that turn of pace. So mm. traveling with the ball, Joe Willick's absolutely fantastic. And he, he brings a lot of legs to the midfield. Um, but he also gives us that stretch. And he, as well as Joe Linton, he's he's got that defensive um he's got that defensive mindset. It, because he's used to playing in that central role, he will come back and do his defensive duties. And yeah. going forward, that's where we've kind of all of us, Pete and Keith, I'm sure you'll agree. We've all kind of not switched off from Maxi, but we're all kind of seeing the benefit of a team of 11 players all knowing their roles and doing both ends of the jobs, you know, not just doing particularly well in one end. We're expecting, you know, that that defensive side or that defensive mindedness, which we need, especially when we come up against teams like Man United and other top four clubs, you know, it's, we're going to have to, you know, have that in mind. But in terms of the, where the game's going to be, where the game's going to be won, I mean, you know, straight away, I, I have worries when I see Anthony coming up against Burn. We've been saying this all season, Dan. Like, Anthony, um, or any particularly quick winger, um, I, I totally get your point when you say, you know, any, any you know, left-back or centre-back with his waiting goals would know to show Anthony on his right foot. They'd know to do that. Um, and on, on occasion, it hasn't happened. I think, was it against Sporting? Were you playing? Oh, was it sport? Um, no, it was in Europa League, wasn't it? Europa League. Oh, against uh, Betis. Yeah, and he just turned inside. It was a great finish, but you, you kind of were saying to yourself, "Why have you? Sh- why have you let him go in on his left foot? Why have you done it?" Um, and that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on certainly at the weekends because I hope that you know. Sven Botman, who's been brilliant all season, provides enough support for Dan Byrne. I'm sure Joe Litton and Willick will provide enough support, and that's something that we've got to be mindful of. But going forward for Newcastle, the key one for me is, uh, like you said earlier, Dan, the Trippier and Murphy link-up. The more we get that ball in the box, the, we know how mobile and how um, how good Isaac is at using the space up in the box. He's not like your traditional striker who will just stand there waiting for the ball. He'll pop up in all these different pockets. He'll stretch defenders. No doubt he'll probably hang off either Varane or Martinez and try and pull them out. And then that will then give you know the likes of Longstaff, Willick, Joe Linton, whoever running into the box, that little bit of space, and hopefully that's where we, you know, we make the uh, the inroads. I'm open anyway. Yeah, Keith, anything to add? Anything that you see from a different perspective with regards to Newcastle and where we could win the game? I'm just looking and see who we'll bring on. Really, second half. <laughs> Um, I agree with the points made about Murphy. I think if you're looking at a player who's one of the most improved players for Newcastle this season, it's got to be Murphy, really. Um, he's really came on. It's almost like he's a lot stronger now than he was when he first signed, signed for the club, um, physically. Um, so I wouldn't really change the team from last time out, really, as such. I know that Joe Linton's coming back into the team, and I think it's funny that 
It's a bit strange coincidence that both games that he missed were actually won those games. I'm not sure if there's any real parallels with that, but it's as an unusual coincidence. But I would look to the team to say who we're going to bring on in the second half if we need to change things up. Would we automatically bring on Gordon now instead of ESM? You know, if if we're still, you know, if, if the game's level and we're looking to win a game, um, maybe maybe Almiron as well on the other side, as well for the legs, as well if you want to stre- try and stretch Man United in the second half. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Then, but I think in answer to your question as well about where the game's going to be won and lost as well, I'd also add to the points about what Chris was talking about there, um, the strikers as well. You know, this could be a game where Isaac produces a bit of magic and Rashford's been irrepressible as well in front of goal as well. He had that long run of about, was it nine games or so in a row where he'd scored? So this could be a game where both strikers or both clubs make a mark. Definitely. Um, I think there's some, there's some really good points there, particularly, you know, you mentioned the subs as well. Uh, you, uh, we, we talked about it as well. You, it, if Armiron's not, not fit and he doesn't play, having ASM and Gordon to come on and, and replace the two wingers that are hit there and completely freshen up the attack later on in the game could be the difference. Wilson coming on. If we're chasing the game, do you bring Wilson on and keep Isaac on and have the two on the pitch like we did against Fulham? Could be the difference. But we've got loads and loads of attacking options for the first time in a long time to come off the bench. Um, you talked about, Chris, about Joe Linton and, and, the, and the, um, the kind of transitioning between the two. But what you'll find in, in long parts of the game is these three here as a three. And they'll just, they'll come in and you'll find that Joe Linton will do just as much running in this middle area here as you then see him a few seconds later making runs against Wambasaka here because his energy yeah. levels are fantastic. And equally, Willock will be doing the same. Um, and so Wambasaka, as good a defender as he is, won't know who he needs to track out of the two because one minute Joe Linton will be there, the next minute Willock will be there. And what you'll find is, is when they, when they connect together, they're not too far apart. So you'll see this and you might see this at times during the game with Isaac making runs in and, in and around. And what you also might find is this. You'll find them two connecting up. Um, Isaac likes to drift off to the left and we need someone in the middle. So you'll find here pushing on here, Trippier here, Murphy looking at the back and Willock being the man in the middle. I've seen Willock start to do that a little bit more and he's opened up his game off the back of that. So there's yeah. some things that you'll start to see um, with that. But I would go with this. This is the tried and trusted. This is what got us into the position that we are right now. Um, and it's interesting, Dan, that you mentioned about Kieran Trippier and Murphy because I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, um, Chris and, and Keith are in agreement too. Trippier just makes players better. Yeah, he just makes players better. What you'll have in uh, what Shaw will have here is that Shaw, as good as he is going forward, will need to be on his point here because Murphy is just that old style, old school right winger. Keith Gillespie, Andre Kinchelskis, those type of players that will just get the ball and just run at you and put a ball in. It's the old style nineties, early two thousand winger that you that you'll come to expect. And he's really simplified his game. And he's made himself really, really um, important to this team. 
And so that's what he'll do. He'll make those runs in. And if he makes the runs inside, Trippy is there. So you've got to make sure that whoever's covering Fred, Rashford, that they're doing their job defensively because Trippy is not afraid to get forward. He's a risk player. He's a risk taker. And a lot of the times this season, his risks have paid off. And although the cup final, you may not have seen that as much, at St. James's Park, we fully expect it to happen. And I think, Chris, like you, you'll agree with it. Keith, you'll agree. You you expect him to dominate in this area. This is where Trippier comes to life. He'll either play the ball down to Murphy that whipped the ball in, or he'll make the run and put the ball in. And you'll find these little triangles here. We keep talking about it. We've talked about it all season, whether it's Longstaff or whether it's Bruno. We'll, we'll connect those little triangles here in this space. So what he does is going to be key to stop that. His movement and his stopping the run is going to be key in here. And then it's what Varane does with Isaac in the box because um, we, we saw it a lot against Forest, and we we could have and probably should have scored a hell of a lot more goals off the back of it. So it's just something to look out for. But yet yeah, this area here is where potentially we're going to win the game, and it's whether Man United yeah. got the fitness to go 90 minutes against Newcastle at St. James's Park because, let's face it, at home, we do add an extra 5-10% to our game. We do have that little bit 10% extra in the tank and we do go a lot harder for a lot longer, um, which is why our record at home has been very, very good this year. Um, but what are we going to say, Dan? Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think, I think the other point to make is, and we've seen this so many times away from home for Manchester United this season, is... What Rashford's very good at doing is is when you've got the likes of Trippier, who, as you said, they do bomb forward. There is that worry that if if Rashford is played played in, he he he's not going to get caught. Um, so it's when it's what it's whether or not Ten Hag will look at that system that you're talking about and think in here. Do, yeah, do we do we let Trippier push forward as far? Um, again, it all de- it all depends on how they line up. But Rashford against Trippier is going to be a really interesting test, I think, on Sunday. Because as, as we know, Rashford's in the form of his life. He's confident. He's got a trick on it, a trick in him. He's he's taking shots now from all over the all over the field, and, and more often than not, they're going on target. So I just wonder if you you may see. I keep going to point at the screen. Whether you'll um, see that gap between Trippier and Murphy. Be a bit a bit bigger than what it has been recent weeks. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The other the other interesting battle as well is as you say about Wamba Saka. Wamba Saka has been so used to when he's playing because Anthony doesn't do the tracking back as much. So there's no real connection on that right there as a defensive unit. But he has been very fortunate to have Casemiro dropping into those holes. So when there is when there is a two on one, you you will see Casemiro. Do we see that with a Sabitzer, a Fred, or a Fernandez? Making that cover, I'm not so sure this week. So I think Wambasaka. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think Wambasaka could be very, very busy uh, on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We've just mentioned a number of different things there that could potentially happen um, during the game. Uh, Chris, Keith, anything to before we wrap up on the tactics board? I don't think so. No, do you know what I was? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much time we've got, but it was, it linked in with uh, one of the questions. I don't know. We did this a while ago, didn't we, Heath? And Dan, Dan's a Dan's a reasonable guy, so I'm I'm half oh, to, to ask this question. Here we go. But um, somebody asked the question. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, oh, I can't find it. 
Uh, which oh here we go. Genie uh, Van Alden asked question to both camps: Which team's got the best centre back pair? And now, when when that question came up, I was thinking, oh, maybe because we haven't done it for a while, Pete. Maybe maybe we could do a combined eleven. I mean, obviously we can we can kind of fast track it. And that's what I thought you were going to do. That's yeah. what I thought you were going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. With it being such a competitive game as well, and our teams, you know, we're both kind of in a transitional period, but we we we're actually performing really well. And you know it'd be interesting to just see where Dan would, uh, you know, give us some Newcastle players and where we give Dan some Man United players. Chris, last time I mentioned anything about your centre backs, Pete was hammered on our show and absolutely battered me. <laughs> <laughs> I, be- I basically, yes, I basically Pete. was, I basically was hammered. It was like you're the fancy shit. That was lawless again. Lawless again. I'd not. I'd, all I said was, "Yeah, I think Varane and Martinez are decent." Didn't I'd, even say anything, and then he come for me. I've just got one more stat I want to just read out as well. Ooh, Man United oh, on the Man United on the road. Well, Man United, only Bournemouth with 38, Nottingham Forest with 32, Leicester with 30 have conceded more away goals in the Premier League this season than Man United wow. with 27. Now, that stat floored me, really, but wow. I know that there was a little inflation at the start of the season when they were beat off Brentford, and that was a hammering, but still... And that's quite a lot as well. So you take seven, that that's seven, yeah. Goals, yeah. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Um only in four different Premier League campaigns of Man United conceded more on the road as well. Um 29 in 99 2000 um 2001-2-28 2018-19-29 and 2021-22-35 and still a way to go so that suggests to me especially that last one there from 21-22 where they conceded 35 they've still got some way to go with the defence on the road in their away games Ah, interesting. Didn't know that. Thanks, Keith. You're really helping me with this. <laughs> I've got to. I've got to address the balance with what <laughs> I was saying. Well, you know, I, I can't win. I can't win. I get slaughtered <laughs> by the Newcastle fans in the chat. What did I say, Chris? Worryingly um, confident. No, he's just yeah. Balance <laughs> <laughs> the books, Keith. Balance the books. I like yeah. it. Everyone in the chat should be happy with that. Um, <laughs> a little bit. So c- combined, we're going to start yeah. goalkeepers. That might determine which which side we, we work with. So, well, do you know what? Thinking. Again, I will. If you don't mind, Pete, I'll just quickly whiz this question up because yeah, Michael Bloomer asked this before. What's happening with the Haven in the summer? Is he gone? Okay, so for me, um, I get a lot of stick from United fans. I don't think De Gea fits a Ten Hag team going forward. I think we've had to make do. Uh, there was a lot of signings coming in the summer. I look at De Gea when the ball's played back to him and it just terrifies me. Um, he is a great shot stopper. He, he, and quite rightly too, should go down as, as one of the greatest shot stoppers to, to play in the Premier League. But he's not a modern-day goalkeeper for me. A modern-day goalkeeper is a sweeper goalkeeper that is confident of picking the ball up at the back and starting that phase confidently. He doesn't do that. We've seen it. It's crept back into his game a bit more the last sort of three or four weeks where he'll pick the ball up and he's turning the ball straight back over to their midfield. So, yeah, I think he goes. I I, I do think he goes. I, I, I know he's obviously got this contract dispute at the moment. He's on £375,000 a week. Um, that, that's a lot of money for a goalkeeper who has only, who has only won the Carabao Cup in the last six years. 
I think yeah. Manchester United are of an opinion now we're not going to spend that much money. I know he was happy to drop that wage down, but I, I think Manchester United have perhaps come in with a with an offer where he said I was happy to drop, but not that far. I think Manchester United are in the, in the market for a keeper in, in in the new in the in the new season, uh, who, as I said, can start that phase from the back. And the other side of it is the players do not. You you guys probably have not watched it as much as I, and quite rightly so, but. A lot of the times you'll see a Martinez or a Varane who will have the ball and the option's on to play it to De Gea and they are trying to play it wing-backs or they're trying something else because they've yeah. just not got the yeah. confidence to play it to in turn and know that the phase is started. So I think he's gone in the summer, personally. Yeah. I mean, we saw that we saw that at Brentford, didn't we? Uh, yeah. mentioned the yeah. Brentford game. I think there was one moment, was it Ericsson who played it back to him? Yeah. And he just flapped it, didn't he? And to be fair, Dan, um, Pete was just about to say something, then Pete may agree. This is the this is an issue that we've got with Nick Pope because, like you say, fantastic shot stopper um, has been brilliant for us this season. No one no one's knocking him for that, but yeah. you can visibly see he's not that comfortable on the ball. And going forwards, that could be a problem. I agree. I agree. That that's the one thing that lets him down is that the one thing I I think he has ahead of De Gea. And look, De Gea's had a great career with the trophies. He's done more than Nick Pope, but. In isolation this season, what he has on De Gea is he's a better sweeper. He comes off his line so quickly and he does. Obviously, the, the Liverpool mistake is the, the anomaly there because normally he does sweep very, very well. The only thing about Nick Pope is when you give him the ball at the back. And I, I had question marks about why they were continuing to give him the ball um, after he made the mistake against Wolves. Um, where you know it could arguably and probably should have been a penalty for um, um, Jimenez, but they give him the ball because they trust him. It's clear from what you're saying that they don't trust the with the ball. Yeah. But what the gear does, and I actually love it. Is if I was an attacker, I would love the fact that he does this. Is that the gear loves to stay on his line? That gives you an extra as a striker, an extra five or ten yards of yeah. space to run into to be able to shoot on goal. And I, for me, for such a a highly rated goalkeeper, I still don't get why he stays on his line so much. He's clearly not confident with it, but he's done it all of his career. And he gets away with it at times for shot stopping, but at times he has conceded some really sloppy goals. Yeah, I I agree. I think the other other point that I I always like to make about De Gea, and I liken this to goalkeepers who are in a team that's, that's facing relegation. For the last sort of six, seven years, People say, but look at his stats. His, you know, how many shots he saved, how many, you know, his his percentages. Well, that's because he's been playing in a Manchester United side that have been defensively absolutely shocking. So quite rightly, so he's faced a lot more uh, shots shots than than a, an Edison or a you know an Allison in his you know in in his pomp before this season would do. I just don't think he fits Ten Hag's system. Um, I honestly think Ten Hag. Wanted to have the conversation with Henderson in in the summer uh, when it went to go on tour, but Henderson point at point blank refused to to go out on tour. Said no, I want to go and play football. I don't want to be an understudy, which you know you can understand that. But I just think, and I, I agree with what Pete said. I think it's it's that modern day goalkeeper. It's the the time for a goalkeeper who stays on his line and is just shot stopping is is up for me. Don't get me wrong, there are saves. I mean, against Fulham in the FA Cup, he claws one out the top corner, and you think, well, only De- only De Gea saves that. Yeah, but you the, the confidence that 
the way that football's played now is your attacks start from the back. There's none of this. It's it's very rare you see it sort of lump and off we go. It is it is a sweeper keeper's um, era, I'm afraid. I mean, this is why you look at the likes of Spain. He doesn't play for Spain. Spain like to play football. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. I think it says all yeah. you need to know there. I think there yeah. has been a tremendous servant for Man United in a period 100%. of transit, in a period of transition where Man United haven't been as good as we normally expect them to be. I think that's a key area for Man United where in the next season or so they're going to look to strengthen under Ten yeah. Hag, and which could take them to another level again. Um, No, I think that I think that's fair, Keith. That's fair. So, I mean, based based on that, then uh, Dan, are, are we comfortable having Nick Pope in? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Well, stats alone this season, he's got more clean sheets, hasn't he? So, I'm 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 not too I'm not too disappointed in having Pope there. And also, as as Keith quite rightly reminded me, goals conceded has <laughs> not been when we when they is that's another thing with uh, when, when his head does drop it it drops it drops to the floor doesn't it you yeah. uh, against against Liverpool against Brentford you didn't just see a, a player devout of uh, devoid of, of confidence his confidence went back to back to Spain it was gone and you just I panicked every time he he, he had a shot at him then so yeah yeah I'm I'm, I'm happy to put both in there yeah um well oh sorry go on Pete go on mate all I was going to say is, is that I've manoeuvred, so we'll move the gear away from that. Well, I'll keep him in goal there. But I like it's going from left to right in terms of the team. So we've got Pope in goal here. What I've done, I've just manoeuvred the likely players to play in these positions for both teams from what was on the screen. Obviously, you know, you, we've got Casemiro missing uh, from there as well. Um, add him in there. Um, oh, caps, caps, caps. Um Pain of my life, mate, in my job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my so yeah, you, you, you've got you've got a pool of players in midfield. You've got your centre backs there, your left backs, your right backs, your right side of midfielders, your attackers, and your your your, your left sides. So where do you want to start, Chris? Um, I mean, do you know what? I think it's probably fair to start at left back because I think um, Pete and Keith will be in agreement with me that. You know, especially, it sounds harsh saying this, but, you know, in, in recent weeks, you could argue, like, literally, Dan, a couple of months ago, like, we, we were fighting Dan Bain's cause. We actually, when we were on with uh, the Villa the Villa lads, uh, Rich, I think we gave Rich um, Ashley Young, didn't we? Was it Ashley Young yeah. we gave him? Yeah, it yeah. was, wasn't it? Um, which some of the chat didn't like. We gave uh, Ashley Young as a Dan Bain. But I think on this occasion, and we've we've deliberated this ourselves a few times when we've been talking about where we can improve the squad in the summer, and it, everybody openly says that you know going forward we need a new number one left back, and I think someone like Luke Shaw um, ha- has to be in the eleven. I mean, Keith, Pete, am I fair saying that? Luke Shaw's had a great season. I don't know if Dan would agree. I think he's had a really good season this season. It's the assists he brings as well. People forget that he does bring assists to his game. He's put and he will. Yeah. He gets into that area which you can see on the I see on the screen where you've got SAM and Rashford. When he's in that when he's in that in that position, he can put some stunning balls in there. I, I think it's a no-brainer short starts at left back. He gives you he gives you that option, doesn't he? He gives yeah. the op- attack an option going forward. So yeah. yeah, which burn won't give you, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um so then if you go to right back. Um, I mean, you were waxing lyrical about uh, Kevin Trippier before, Dan. Would you put Kevin Trippier above? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent for for what Trippier brings to any team. 
Um, it's not just his defensive capabilities or his attacking uh, capabilities. It's his dead ball as well. He's he's unreal, isn't he? Um, consistent, which is what you need in a right back. This is why Gary Neville, hated by a lot of people, but the reason Gary Neville was 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 so consistent, he was 7 out of 10 every game. Didn't do anything spectacular. It was 7 out of 10. And I think with with your wing-backs, if they're not going to be that attacking threat that you you need them to be consistent. And, and I think Trippier, as I said, over... Over who we've got, Wambasaka's defensive, too defensive. Dallo can sometimes be too attacking. I think Trippier's got a bit of both in there, and he's yeah. also got such a good uh, tactical mouse in his head, hasn't he? He, he? he reads the game really well, really well. It, mo- most chances created of any player in the Premier League this season, Kieran Trippier. It's not um, bad considering when you signed him, everyone said, "Oh, he's finished. He's come for the money." Well, did you see the interview with him about? Sorry, sorry, Pete. Did you see the interview with him? About um, Simeone. Simeone begged him to stay, didn't he? Yeah, you know, yeah. Didn't want him to go. Didn't want yeah. him to go. Absolutely adored him. Um, you've got to be doing something right if, if the, the king of defensive, you know, wants you to stay. So, yeah, he, he, he walks into that definitely. Yeah, definitely right. Um, I'm handing over to you, Pete. I'm handing over to you for the centre backs. <laughs> are, are we in agreement, Dan, that, that um, in, in Keith as well, Chris, um, that Maguire maybe gets moved out of this one? Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. I think so. I think okay. so. Uh, that's fine. Um, look, there's been a lot. It's bad the way you just. Sorry, Pete. It's bad the way you just discard a seventy-five million pound player. You just go, yeah, he's out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, hang on a minute. He'll have you believe he's played. He's got over fifty caps for England, and you know he's playing for Manchester United. He can't be that bad. That's his words, not not Manchester United fans. Himself, <laughs> but come on, mate. Yeah, this isn't this isn't Gareth Southgate picking this team. <laughs> Look, this is where because 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 what you've got here, I mean, this is me and, and, and jump in at any at any point, Keith. Um, what you've got here, you've got Botman and Shaw that are the best defensive record in the Premier League uh, yeah. as a partnership this season with what, what close to twelve clean sheets with both of them playing. Um, I think it is twelve clean sheets actually with them playing against obviously Martinez. Overhand, who have been a very, very good partnership this season. But we're talking about individual players here and the fit position. So if we start on the right-hand side, Shaw and Varane. Um, look, Keith, just uh, what's, your, what's your kind of a, a opinion on Shaw being in this, in this right-hand side of the team? I think in particular, again, uh... Shaw, as well, has had a an immense season, probably one of his best seasons, really, for the club. Really, um, he's right up there in terms of clearances, uh, in terms of for the for the Premier League stats as well. You know, he's he's got about ninety nine clearances alone there for Newcastle, and, and what he get, and he can give you something else as well. He can score the, he can get forward and score an extraordinary goal as well. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's a really tough one because if you're talking about all four there as well, Martinez, what he's brought to Man United this season as well, has he has he has he lifted them another level? And it, but it, going back to it, if you're looking at pure hard stats in terms of goals conceded, it's hard to look past both Botman and and Shaw when you boil it down. Mm-hmm. And the way which they've played as well. But Dan, put, put your argument uh, across for Martinez and Varane. 
So when I looked at this, the the, the two I picked in uh, in my head was uh, it's probably surprised you, Varane and Botman. Um, the reason I've I've not gone with Martinez is the last sort of couple of weeks. I'm going to be on it. Well, last I'd say six seven games. I've seen Martinez get turned inside out a few times. Mitrovic did it. Williams done it. There's there's been a few that have turned him inside out now. Salah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah, destroyed him. I I I I'll always go with. I think Varane is stunning. I think he's a Rolls Royce defender if he stays fit, which is where we had our issues last season when he first joined. He brings so much to the team. I think he brings the, brings a calmness as well to the back four. Um, Martinez is just pure emotion, isn't he? Pure and utter emotion. But there's parts of his game that I don't like. There was against Leeds, I don't know if you saw it, he, how VAR didn't see the, the kick on, on Bamford. And that's what worries me with, uh, with, with Martinez. Uh, yeah. Botman uh, stunned me this season. I'm going to say it. He's absolutely stunned me. Um, I didn't expect him to come in and look, and look as assured as he has. I mean, how old is he? Still, he's still relative. How old is he? Just turned 23. To come into the Premier League and do what he's done. And as you quite rightly said, Pete, in a team that is still in transition, still mm. in transition, um, I think he's been unreal. And I and I know you said about Martinez taking Manchester United to, to another level, but I actually think Botman defensively has taken Newcastle streets street ahead. The, so, the, stats, the stats are there. You cannot lie. Yeah. You know, with the amount of goals Newcastle have conceded this season compared to last season. Yeah. It's insane the levels he he he's took them, particularly in that run before the World Cup. Yeah, I think so, that's, that's, so, that's right. Well, Sorry, Pete, go on. No, no, go, go, what were we going to say? No, I was just going to say that's who. That's as soon as I saw those defenders, that's who I sort of had in my mind: Botman and and, and Varane. One of each, then. One of each. Do you know what I? I when uh, when Dan was talking, and I was thinking, I can't, I can't. I can't not have Botman in there, but like when you look at the career of Anzard, you know, World Cup winner, um, Champions League winner, Real Madrid, La Liga winner, he, he, he is, a, Dan's right, he is a Rolls Royce of a defender. As much as I love Fabian Shah and as good as Fabian Shah's been this season, um, you know, if someone like, like, hand on art now, if Ten Hag rang as the album went, listen, do you fancy swapping Shah for, for Varane? Oh. I think, I think he does it. I think he does it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Varane's Varane. Um, pace as well. People forget this about Varane. Yeah. He's got a quick turn of pace, hasn't he? Yeah. He's younger. Yeah. He's younger. Shaw's 31. Varane's 29. Varane feels like Varane's been around for years. Varane yeah. feels like, for me, he's like 32, 33. The guy's yeah. 29. Like, he's still in the prime of his career. And he's retired yeah. from France, which is only going to be. Uh, is he really? Yeah. He's, you, can you hear me still? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I can hear you, mate. Yeah. He's retired from from France as well, uh, which oh. is only gonna only gonna be oh, a positive for Manchester United going forward because a player of the, a, a player of that level, you have to have him fit. He has to be fit to 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 continue oh. for you. Um, obviously, I think um, I'll sort my camera out in a sec. I think the amount of games Manchester United have had this season, we have seen obviously Varane dropped out, drop out a couple of times for Maguire to come in, but. I mean, Christ Almighty, he's just, he's unreal. He's absolutely unreal. And I think he, he adds to the mentality that United are trying to get back at Manchester United. So he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we've got, a, we've got a pool of midfielders here. Are we, are we going to agree that there's a midfield three in here somewhere? Yeah. I, I think, think we both played the same formation, don't we? So yeah. we should stick with the same formation, I think. Yeah. Now, Jordy, I think it's Jordy too for life. He said, 
you know, his comment was, it has to be a full Brazilian midfield three. End of story. And I don't mean Fred. Um, so <laughs> he, he, he's been very clear on what he wants in his midfield. But look, like, look Chris, I'm going to throw this one back to you. Like, where, where, do, where do we go with this one? Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult, isn't it? I think um, because ultimately, if you miss out a couple of players, you, you know, favoured up top, I'd say a lot, well, Two of the two of the positions speak for themselves up top, in my opinion. Um, I I think you have to. I mean, Dan, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you have to have Bruno and Casemiro in there. I think you have to. I've literally um, just written down the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just written, yeah. Just down the, I look, I, I know he gets a, Bruno is a player that for my era it was Robbie Savage couldn't stand the way. Every time we played him, the refs here just constantly gnawing. We we know we know that, but for me, um, his stats since he's joined Manchester United have just been absolutely unreal. Um, goal scoring, assists, he's got he's got he's got it got it got it all, hasn't he? So I think he has yeah. to be in there for that. Yeah, um, it's two partners, Bruno and Casemiro, I think, yeah. so and it's whether we so would you would you say it's Joe Linton? Well, uh, you got Joe Willock as well. I think I think Pete, it's probably fair, and tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's probably fair, yeah, to Park Longstaff. Um, I think and McTominay. I, I, would, I would have got rid of Sabitzer and McTominay. And yeah. I, 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 I've got rid of Fred, but I'll bring him in because I think two two for two in in the last position. You've got Willock and yeah. Joe Linton, Fred and Bruno Fernandez. So where where where, where we go with that one? Is there a possibility of playing Bruno on the right, or is that not possible, Dan? As in, would you ever see Bruno out on the right? I think when he plays out on the right, I think that's where Manchester United severely lack in their creativity. I think, mm. and, he, and he doesn't look like he enjoys it out on the right. I, I, I don't put him out on the right. I, my, my three I've gone has been um, Bruno, um, and then Fernandez and Casemiro. That's who I, who I've gone. Okay. So Fred, Fred's nowhere near it. Like I said, I look, Fred's had a good season. He has. He's had a good season. But like I, I, I said later, earlier on, Fred's better when he's babysat by Casemiro. When when Casemiro's not in the side, it goes back to the old Fred that, we, that, that we've had to endure for the last three or four years. I, I'm willing to narrow it down. I don't know if you guys are, are willing to. Uh, with Fred out and maybe Willock out and then it'd be a toss-up between... Joe Linton and Fernandez. I think, I think you get more offensively out of uh, Bruno Fernandez. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Joe Linton, brilliant last season. You know, mm. one of the the most improved player for Newcastle last season, Joe Linton. Um, but a bar in a, a, a patch when Cristiano Ronaldo was at uh, Man United, I think you get more out of uh, Bruno Fernandez. In particular, the stats I was alluding to earlier. Um, with the assists as well. If it ain't the goals, it's the assists. So that's why I would put Bruno Fernandes in. So would you have the team like this, Dan? With these two going forward as number eights, or would you have it more as a Bruno Casemiro? A little bit like Man United do, and have it like this. I'd like to see Fernandes um, and and Bruno. I'd like to see Casemiro sweep up, and I think that's just frightening for any team. I was just saying, that looks frightening. That that midfield, you look at that on... that's surely a that's that's a title winning midfield, surely. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100% yeah, yeah. On its day, there's not many teams. I look, at, I look at the back four. Yeah, that's oh, a yeah. solid the back four. You're gonna get. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Oh well, that was the well. That, the ended well. Now, 
Um, if Dan's veg horse isn't starting in this eleven, <laughs> hey, hey, Dan, I'm sorry, I'm moving okay. on. You know he's gone. He's gone. Veg horse too. Okay, it's like you know when your car radiator packs up and you've got a hole in it and you have to chuck an egg in it. <laughs> it does a good job, but ultimately it's crap, isn't it? That, that's, <laughs> it's not going to work. I, I, I love, I love Vout for what he does. We don't even need to have this conversation, boys. It's, it's, it's Isaac, isn't it? it it's, it's a given. It's a... Is it? So are we saying Dan? And, and do you know what, Dan? Just very quickly while we're on that subject, another question I can throw in. David Cook says, "What do Man United fans think about the Dutch Chris Wood?" I'll tell you what I think of him. Uh, a lot. I hear a lot of people say, oh, do you know what? He doesn't stop running. Well, I'm sorry, but if I had the chance to play for Manchester United, I wouldn't stop running either, okay? It's, the, the, the mind is willing, but the body is not. I think he tries his absolute hardest. And I think the one thing you've got to say about Vite is he was never brought into Manchester United to be the starting striker, was he? He was brought no. in to back up Martial, and he's had to play a lot of football um, this season. So... His his attitude is is spot on for Manchester United. You can't take that away from him. The attitude is perfect, but the ability is um, is is lacking, I'm afraid. And also another thing, I don't know if you guys see this. For a guy who's six foot twenty seven, I've never seen someone out jump so much. Yeah, yeah. He He's not very good in the air, is he? No, he, he just no. seems to win it. It doesn't seem no. to win anything in the air. No. Um, I'm just. On the left, is this a no-brainer? We we, we we have to go Rashford, surely. Surely. Yeah. Uh, it speaks we... for itself. speaks for itself, I think. Can't, can't it be denied for club and country? It's Rashford. The, the, the right side's more interesting. Well, there you go. There's an argument on the right. I don't think there's an argument. I don't think Sancho or Anthony start on the right. I don't think they've done enough. Sancho... You think Miggy? Yeah, I, I, I'd go with Miggy. I, would. I don't think Anthony has... Anthony's a one-trick pony. You know, as, as we've said, you stop him cutting on to his left, you, you stop him playing. Um, I think Almiron this season has been consistent. I think he doesn't just bring goals, he brings... What I like about Almiron is it's that phase of play before the assist he seems to be involved in a lot. That mm, pass yeah. before the assist. He seems... I, I, think he's, I think he's not just grown um, from, from how being there. I think he's changed his game entirely. I don't know if you agree. Um... You know what I love about this, guys, is that there's a clear relationship with the left side and the le left side and the right side and the right side. Yeah. There's a connection there with both. Um, these guys together would be frightening. Yeah. Eddie, and we know Eddie Howe watches the show, even in Eddie, you know what to do <laughs> in the summer. Get these boys together, because I think these boys are create absolute magic in black and white. Um, that's for sure. Uh, but, that midfield, Pete. That midfield's just... Yeah. It, 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 apart from Bruno Fernandes' wild long balls that get given away easily at times, are you really going to get the, or get the ball off these guys? Really? When they're on their form together, they, they could keep the ball all day. And I know Jordi Tufalaf isn't happy that we've gone with Fernandes. He was all like... Right. <laughs> all day but from an attacking point of view you can't deny as much as people may dislike uh, Bruno Fernandes is that his goals and assists are there for all to see they are he's, he's one of them players right that I don't care what anyone says if he's playing against you 
you despise him, but you'd, you'd have him. Of course you would, because he, br- he does, he brings goals, he brings assists. His attitude obviously is questionable, but on, on a footballing sense, he's, he, I feel like he was the biggest change United had until we got Ten Hag. He'd come in that season for Oli and just was unplayable, in my opinion, mm. unplayable. Do you know what? Do you know what uh, this team did did for me, Pete and Keith, um, more than anything when I was looking at it. I, I was smiling as we were putting, as we you know we finalised Miggy on the on the pitch, and I was thinking, you know, you look at this team, don't you, combined and go bloody hell, that's a, that's a great team. That we're not saying we get those players, but we're five players away from having a team where you go, wow, like that. That's some I mean, team. We've already said, haven't we, Keith? The yeah. left back we want, we want another winger. We need possibly one, possibly two centre midfielders, and we need a right centre back going forward because Shah's not going to be here forever. So it's interesting that those are the players that we've automatically gone. Yeah, do you know what? We'll give them to Man United because that's where we need. That's what we yeah. need. Identifying the areas for improvement, Chris definitely. And yeah. the, this sort of conversation, we wouldn't have been having this conversation. No. Like a year and a half, two two seasons ago, we'd be sort of like looking and thinking, could we actually, could any of our players be getting into the Man United starting lineup? And that was just over eighteen months ago. Yeah. Well, if you look, four of those five, Keith, are ones that we've brought in since the takeover. I'll flip that though, Keith, because I look at a Manchester United side and I think this time two years ago. You wouldn't put a Manchester United player in in any top four team, would you? They just weren't good enough. The, the, they yeah. were absolutely shocking. They were poor. There was no confidence. So, I think it's a I think it's a compliment on both sides to see. And that team isn't. We we've not we've not been pitying anyone in that team. That team deserves to be on that field, doesn't it? That that yeah. is a stunning side. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we need to take a picture of that one. We'll get that out there tomorrow. Um, and, and see what people think. Uh, but yeah, spot on. Spot Some on, team, Chris. Some team. Definitely. And spot on. You brought it back. You brought the, the uh, combined 11 back. <laughs> I was wondering when it was going to come back. Uh, and, it, and it's here. And it looked great. And I'm going to keep that on there so we can uh, we can get that out there and see what, see what the fans think um, after the show today. Uh, so cracking stuff, boys. Right. Um, let's whip up a few questions for Dan. Um, I hope you've got a little bit of time, Dan, before we wrap yeah, up. That's fine, mate. No problem. A few, KFC, few more questions. KFC for, t- for tea tonight, so I'm not cooking, so don't oh, worry. Cracking <laughs> stuff. Nice. Nice. Tower has to be done. Zinger Tower. <laughs> Craig, Craig Lee's come out fighting, Dan. He said uh, to Dan, uh, Will you be disappointed when Newcastle finish third? <laughs> well, no, I've, I've I've said that I think you will. So you I, I don't you see how I, how I could feel disappointed about it. I, look, it, as I said, the difference between Newcastle and Manchester United this for the rest of this season is just the games that we've got. We've got a lot of games, and mm-hmm. it's that Thursday night games that's gonna that's gonna it's gonna cripple us. Yeah. It's I thought when, when we beat Betis, I was like, oh, thank God for that. We're in the semis. And then I looked and I thought, no, it's not it's the quarterfinals. We've still got, you know, so you've still got two, four, five games to play in, you know, with the final in, in, in there, plus the FA Cup as well. Right. I mean, Dan, can you imagine if United go, not saying that they'll win everything, but can you imagine if they got the, like, they got to the uh, latter stages and of all the cup competitions, playing the legs of Juventus and everything? I mean, that could be, in one way, it could be, if they won the three, it would be amazing, but the league form could suffer because of it as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's a tough one. Um, 
I just hope that the players that we've got coming back will come back at the right time to add that squad depth to it because that that is where we're lacking. That is, that is is the 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 not the depth as such, but the quality in depth that we've got. Yeah. You look at the benches, the difference between the benches that you pulled up there. United's bench on 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 Sunday could be a far cry from what options you have coming off the bench. Mm. Chris, can I just throw a question out there? Do it, mate. Um, do it very very quickly. Um, Question for you, Dan, and I think someone else should just put it in the chat, actually. Um, who is buying Man United? Who the hell is buying Man United? Honestly, like we went through 18 months of trying to drag through this takeover to get PIF in to Newcastle United, and not a peep on Sky Sports News. It would be like the like a side comment, or you'd see it on the ticker, and no one would even talk about it. But everything I see on Sky now is Man United, Man United, Man United. And nobody's none the wiser. And I said this three months ago when all the talk came out. I said, we'll still be here in months' time talking about will there be a taker, will, will there be a taker? Because everyone thought it would be like this. Yeah. And we know from experience that it's not like that. Um, so, look, who, who are the, who, who's going to be your owners going into the summer? Right, so... Oops, sorry, my phone's going off then. So, um... There's uh, Geordie Toon for Life has hit the nail bang on the head there. And this has been something that's been rumbling and rumbling that I've been getting more and more worried about. Um, there's been the talk that maybe the Glaziers didn't actually ever want to sell, that they put the club on, on the market for a lot of money. Six billion, you know, is, is a lot of money um, in hope that it would be overpriced. People would come in, they'd make their bids. But ultimately, they'd go back to getting the investment and say to the fans, well, look, you know, we tried to sell it. It's not our fault that nobody made that you know met the the, the, the offer. <sighs> I worry if if it's investment, if it goes down the investment route, this will just this will knock United fans to the floor because we've been so excited. You can take take away the the Quattari owners side of it, take away the to Jim Radcliffe. The main excitement has been just saying bye bye to the Glazers, just yeah. saying so long, thank you very much, off you go, never come back. There's also been that the chap, uh, Thomas Ziliakis, who's who's come out, the, the Finnish guy, who said, I want to buy the club and I want the fans to own part of it. That is never, ever going to happen. It's a great idea. It's a lovely idea, but there is no way the fans are going to say, yeah, we'll put we'll put shares into it. There's no way that can work at a, at a top, top club. Non-league clubs, you see it happen. Fans have their, their involvement. They buy shares. They, they you know, invest. That cannot happen at a Manchester United the dream is for, for for me is for Alfani to, to to get the club because he wants to build the stadium. He wants to just completely freshen up everything there. So Jim Radcliffe, what worries me with him is he keeps saying the same thing: "I will buy the club with no new debt." So for yeah. me, the worry is: does that debt that Manchester United still have hang over his over him if he brings it in? And I actually think that that Sir Jim Radcliffe, the offers that he's bringing in. That's top end for him. He cannot afford anymore. He he cannot. He's going to have to take money out against Ineos. So so for me, the the dream is obviously Alfani. Look, it's this is the this is the way the game's going now. Gone are the days where it's you know by you know local consortiums they come in and they get it. They're the, they're fans of the club. It's a money game now. This is why you look at the Super League, why the likes of, of the Glaziers, the likes of FSG, have fallen flat on their faces because they were Juventus, Barca. They're banking on that Super League for the money to come in to be able to go out there and then spend like idiots. 
So for me, I, I, I would love Alfani, but I've just got this horrible, horrible feeling that um, investors will come in. There could be a lot more to run in this one. I mean, you guys remember Pete and Chris with us. Remember that excitement we had in 2017, in October 2017, when PCP, Amanda Stavely first came in, and the disappointment we felt in January when it was quashed. And then everything that came in, FCG, um, sorry, BZG, the excitement we had there where we had the news, the club's been sold on, on, on the sun, and it hadn't. And then you had Peter Kenyon and all of that, and that side of things. It just ran on and on and on, even before we got the... Um, PIF thing come through maybe Jim Ratcliffe could be involved as you know in 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 sort of something like a PIF thing maybe it could work together somewhere down the road but as we know and as you've touched on earlier there Pete this could drag on and on and the difference is it's been played out more and more in the media because it's Man United you know it could take six months to a year there's a great point that someone um, in the chat has put. Uh, PDK, um, the longer the takeover takes, how much yeah, the transfer business, it's huge. It's huge yeah. because the type of player Manchester United will go for if they've got the money will be completely different to the ones we don't. Well, look at look at January. You know, Jai Felix was there to be taken. Couldn't get him. Couldn't afford him. We ended up without Veghorst. So I think yeah. the longer this does go on, I think it destroys Manchester United's transfer plans because... I mean, my, my my dream up in in, in my TikToks uh, videos was I would love us to go out there and spend the money on Kane and get Evan Ferguson in, bring two strikers in, a, a well-established one that he gets a lot of hate, but the guy scored for six consecutive seasons over 20 goals a season. And Evan Ferguson, who to me looks like a player that is just, he's just going to get better and better. Do you know what I mean? He's... His stats already, three goals in 11 games at his, at his age is, is, is stunning. So... If this doesn't happen, then I, my fear is, do they then keep Veghorst and maybe try and get into the free transfers? I don't know. I don't know. But I think it will affect the transfer business because the other side of it is we're in April, the weekend. When does the transfer window open? July? Mm-hmm. July the 1st, I think, isn't it? But, but you, can start, you can start to sign players from mid-June. Yeah. 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 There's no yeah. time. There's no time. And I know that you know, Manchester United have got all these scouts, blah, 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 blah. But these same scouts have missed out on gems. The likes of Alvarez, the, like, uh, the likes of um, Caicedo from, from Brighton. So, no. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not even at the training ground. And they still didn't manage to sign him. I know. It's, but, like, you know, it's like he was with Modric. We had him at the training ground. He went off to the Spurs. I've no who idea. Who did Man United have at the training ground? Really? Yeah, before yeah. It was it was it was it was already said it was a done deal. He was at the training ground. He, he, he went they around the training ground. Carpet. They had Cantona there. They had Ferguson. Yeah, okay. there. I um, mean, Man United as well. You know the 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 De Jong deal. Look, at Man, I never ever thought I'd see Man United be dragged through the transfer like that. They were a laughing stock last summer, and then for him two months down the road, uh, his wife to put an Instagram story out and say actually. We're happy in Barcelona. No thanks. I mean, I know it worked out better for Man United in the long run because they got Casemiro, but I never thought Man United would be treated like a joke like that in the transfer window. They were so used to getting the players through the door early. But that's the thing you talk about the the people who were who were in charge when we used to do that. You know, David Gill, he would go out there and that transfer. You knew if Manchester United were into interested in a player, they would they would get it. 
now it's as as you quite rightly say there, Keith, it's just drawn out. Like if we do get Kane, say we do, we do have the money and we get Kane, that won't happen till the end of August. Guarantee it. That won't happen till the end of August. It's the same with um with, with the likes of Martinez, the same with with Anthony. Anthony is not an 85 to 100 million pound player. But the problem we had with that is we could have bought him earlier on in the summer for 50 million, 60 million. But because we dragged it out and dragged it out and our and our negotiating technique is I'd rather Ted Bundy negotiating a deal for, for, for a player. Do you player. think do you think it's got better though, Dan, since Woodward's obviously left that position this year? Do you well, see an improvement in, in some of the craziness of Man United? Do you think some of that's starting to go from the culture now and is going in a better direction? Yeah, I do, but I think a lot of that has got to do with Ten Hag. I think Ten Hag brings wants to bring the people with the right mentality. And I mean, obviously, you can take Anthony aside from that, but he's worked with Anthony. I think the players, Manchester United, Manchester United are looking a, more, a lot more for the, what players can do on the pitch than what they can sell off it. And I think that's the way you need to go. That's how you win Premier League. That's how the likes of Liverpool went out there and bought these players that that, that were just workhorses and absolutely, you know, dominated for so long. So I think I think it is a lot to do with Ten Hag. I think Edward would go in was just well five years too too long uh, too, too too late for me um the guys that are in there now Richard Arnold and uh, I I don't they worked under Woodward so it's not a change do you know what I mean yeah. it's not, not a fresh start culture. it's not a fresh start so no I think one of the biggest problems that United in the last few days I've thought of with this takeover is there doesn't seem to be a consensus with the the siblings with the family, they seem to be going in different directions. Where yeah. I think four of them want the sale, uh, that's what's being speculated. But two of them don't want the sale, and Joel there's one of them that wants he investment. He was well. Joel said he was emotionally connected to the club, which made me. I, I and I, I mean every word when I say this. It made me feel physically sick, because how a, how a man who has taken dividends out of the club for so long can say he feels an emotional connection uh, with us. I just I don't know what goes through these people's you know brains when they talk the last time manchester last time the glaziers went to a manchester united game at old trafford was the return of cristiano ronaldo against newcastle wow. we were there <laughs> we were there do you know what i mean that says all that says all you need to know about about the owners of this club mm. <laughs> that was the last i was there this season so yeah, you were. More times than they yeah were they not at the cup final though were some of the glazers not at the yeah cup neutral final? yeah yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. neutral yeah. Wembley wasn't yeah, it yeah. They, ah, they, they won't go to Old Trafford uh, I think there's safety concerns I think yeah. and I, I think they know what sort of reception they're going to get now obviously I don't condone violence or or any concerns of that but I think they I don't think they go there because they know they are hated and and it is a pure hatred uh, to, towards towards these 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 vermin these these I'm going to coin the phrase that a lot of the, the your chat have said. Rats, you know, they are they're they're rats and they get out of this club. But I don't think they're going anywhere. That's that's the worry now. That reminds us, Keith, uh, Chris, uh, of a certain someone that used to own our club. The feelings yeah. were exactly the same. And he is, he is. I tell you what, he is a cancer to to the game. He is absolutely disgraceful. What he's done to Coventry this season, you know, kicking yeah, them out that was disgusting. Absolutely. How would he be anywhere near uh, anything mm. like that? I just can't stand him. Can't and Derby him. before. He yeah. dabbled with the carrot with Derby, saying he was going to buy them and showing his interest and then just pulled out last minute and then... There was, there was, that, there was that conversation that was, was leaked, wasn't there, when United played Newcastle a couple of seasons ago 
and Mike Ashley and Woodward were, were, were recorded saying, you know, Woodward walked up and said, oh, how does it feel for us to be the two most hated men in football? Like it's a title there they can joke about. And I think it's just, it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. Madness. It's very sad to see Coventry in the state they are. Yeah. It's a, a traditional club. Yeah, yeah. And they fought so hard to to push, you know, to get back into the championship and look a decent outfit. And now it's just gone, it's just gone from bad to worse for them again. It's just unreal. But again, how did the league, how did the, the EFL, how did or any of them allow this to happen? Mm. How did they allow it? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's mad. mad. It is mad. Um, right, a few more questions. Yeah, what I'll do is Dan, we'll do quick fire because I, I want uh, we've got a couple of things where we need to do predictions, obviously, and we need to you know round the show off. And I, I want it, I want I don't want your KFC getting cold, so uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap up as quickly as we can because it's not worse than a cold KFC, Dan. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Michael Pomar says, um, do you worry that your counter-attacking style of play you've adopted is not sustainable? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But I think this season it's been needs must. He, he couldn't bring in 11 players this summer. So I think it was just a case of, let, let's be honest, I, I don't think any Manchester United fan expected United to be where we were in all cup, cup competitions uh, in that battle for top four. I think I think there was kind of like Newcastle fans. You didn't expect, you, you know, you had the project. You, you're so far ahead of your project, you know. And I know it sounds silly, a Manchester United fan one of the biggest clubs in the world to be saying, oh, but, you know, we're, we're ahead of our project. So, so no, I, I, I'm i not worried because I don't, I, I do think it's unsustainable, but I don't think we see this past this season. I think he'll bring players in to adopt the the, the, the approach that he likes, which is a more pragmatic approach. Uh, he loves, he loves his passing stats. So I think, we, I think it changes next season. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tom Dixon asks you, uh, Dan, are you confident on winning the Europa League this season? And is it not making the players tired? I, I am. I am confident. I'll be honest with you. You know, you you, you don't you, you don't knock Barcelona out of a competition and not sit there and think, do you know something? We could do something here. Um, it is making the players tired. And like I, I sort of go back to what I said before, we have had players out and I hope that they come back at the right end of the season and offer us a bit of depth there. But I mean, look, yeah, you've got to be confident to win that competition. There's still some really good clubs in there, Juventus being one of them. But we've beat, we've got Sevilla. Sevilla are a bogey team, a bogey team for Manchester United. They, they've knocked us out of the Champions League and the Europa League in, in previous seasons. I know they're having a very bad season themselves, but it's it's that monkey off your back, isn't it? If we can get through them, well, then yeah, we go for it. We go for it. The team I was worried about facing in in the Europa League was Arsenal. Um, I was quite vocal about this. I didn't want to face Arsenal in the Europa League because, obviously, against them at the Emirates, they were they were they, they should have hammered us. I mean, three two, we sort of got away, you know, away with it only being three. So I didn't want to face Arsenal in the Europa League. They were the only team I didn't want. But yeah, I'm I'm confident we can go on and win it. Yeah, oh, I can see why, mate. I can see why. Um, then we've got um what order shall I do this in? Okay, so Michael Pomar says, um, you've got a lad on loan at Sunderland called Diallo. Um he's having a great season. How does he get into your first team in that congested wide area? Now obviously when we were looking at the um you know, when we were looking at the, the best eleven or the team for the weekend, um we did notice obviously you have got quite a few options, uh, both on the right and left wing. So what um you know, do you see a future for Diallo? Have you been following him much, uh, Dan? Or I have. Um, so I watched him last season when he went to, to Rangers, and I was I wasn't impressed. Um, 
I think he's had a great season on loan at Sunderland, but what I would personally like to see him do next season is go on loan in the Premier League. I think mm-hmm. um, I think I'd like to see him go go get a real good season under his belt in the Premier League and and get and get a taste for what it is. The Championship and the Premier League are two completely different beasts, aren't they? You know, and the one good thing about the about the Championship is he's playing week in week out, and there's 46 games a season. Obviously, you've got the playoffs, so I would like I would like him to go out there and play and play on loan in the Premier League. Uh, I think it would be we would be key. If we were to bring him back next season, he won't get in. It'll hamper his 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 development. You've got Anthony that can play there. Palestri seems to be getting a bit of a look in now. Then on the other side, you've got Rashford, Garnacho, Sancho. I don't Alanga. see Alanga. Well, I think Alanga goes in the summer. To be honest, I think. I think. So. I, think I, I think they missed a beat with him. There was that offer for him to go on loan to Borussia Dortmund, and I thought, what a place to send him. What a place yeah. for him to get his football in education. But they didn't do it. So um, no, I don't think I don't think Diallo gets into the team uh, next season. I think unless he's sold, maybe I think he I think he goes out on loan again. Yeah, he could uh, go and more... do a club like um, Everton or somewhere like that, Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, the championship again, surely. On on loan. <laughs> if, 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 I say that if Everton <laughs> Everton stay up. <laughs> no, it's not happening, Keith. It's not happening. <laughs> maybe. Down. Maybe uh, Burnley under company when they come Ooh. up. That wouldn't be a bad shot, would it? Yeah, that's not a bad shot, yeah. 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 Uh, right, two more questions, Dan. First one is um, from Craig Lee. Who do you see? In, I'll, I'll, I'll shorten this one. Who Who's your main transfer target for the summer or the position? What what what, what player? I mean, I've got in my head who I think you're going to say, but where, what would be your main target for the summer? If I could say one player and you can get him. It's 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 a striker, isn't it? It's a striker. United can't go another season with with their course, um, uh, you know, filling in there. I th- I think we need that out and out striker because as good as United have been this season, I just wor- I just wondered to myself if we'd have had a, a fully fit Martial, if we'd have had an out and out striker up there, how much more we could have done. Um, so so yeah, it's got to be a striker. Not notwithstanding, I think we need a few more positions. Um, you know, obviously strengthening, but yeah, it's a striker for me. Yeah. Victor Vazemem, by any chance? Uh, no, Kane. I'm, 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 hey, I'm all in Kane? for Kane. I'm all in for Kane. I'm all in, all in. I, I just think, look, Manchester United, the way he plays, I still think a lot of people kind of have this opinion. He's done in two or three years. I look at Kane like Sheringham. I think his his game has adapted so much in the last two or three years, and I, I would absolutely love him at Manchester United. He's a goal scorer. He gets it, and I think, I think, yeah, he. I liken him. If we were to buy him in, I think you could do this. You could look at the same sort of scenarios when we brought Van Persie in, someone who just scores yeah. goals. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, uh, there's that story with Van Persie, isn't there? That after the first two or three games in training, Ferguson pulled Rooney, Scholes, uh, Giggs, uh, you know, all them sorts of players, and said, "If you don't pass it to him in a game, I'm going I'm to take you off the pitch because you get the ball to him and he'll score." And I think that's what Kane does. I don't yeah. see Kane going anywhere else in the summer if if he stays in the, in the Premier League. He comes to Man United, providing we can afford him, of course. That's all. We'll, 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 we'll take Arsenal. We'll yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got a horrible feeling he's going Chelsea. Got, oh, no, no, no. I haven't they've got in Cuckoo already. Do you reckon yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. done. Yeah. Chelsea are the only club to have as much apparent, I lost so much money, but they'll do a bit of wheeling and dealing, mounting and that'll go to other clubs. And they'll just, you know, as you Get say, they'll, they'll pull, they'll pull a ring out. They'll sign like Osimhen or like a ten-year contract or something like that. And you're like, how did Chelsea get away with this? But 
they're the only club to, to get themselves out of those canoes. They are the Houdini of football. Chelsea. They are, they are, they are. Let, let them have Lukaku back. Let them have Lukaku back. Go on, you, you take Lukaku. We'll have, we'll have Austin. <laughs> Third, Man United and Newcastle, either position, third or fourth in the league, both get Champions League football. You get K, we get Austin. Everybody's happy. Good deal. Good deal. Where do I sign up? Yeah. I've got my pen. I've got my pen. Where do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> and then last question, Dan. What I eat here says, what attracted to what attracted you and made you support Man United? So it was it was my uncle. My uncle grew up um, watching you know George Best, watching Bobby Charlton, and he used to te- he used to tell me stories and show me vi- back in videos. I don't know if people still know what videos are. He used to show me video recordings, <laughs> and um, and I'm very fortunate that as I was I was born in '86, I started to I, I started to come into watching the class of '92. Um, you know, really start to take shape, and then of course. My first love, I say that without the wife hearing, David Beckham was my idol growing up. I just adored him. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I just I just adored him. It was a family thing. Uh, my Uncle Tony, bless him. He's, I say it like he's dead. He's not dead. He's still here. He's watching, he'll be watching, saying, what's he on about? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there we go. Um, it was, uh, yeah. I know, I know. I tell you, oh, Christ. He's definitely not dead. He rings me about seven times a day, honestly. Um, but but no, it's, 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 it's from my Uncle Tony. He just... Um, he, he had, but I tell you something, a funny fact. When I was younger, before I really understood football, uh, I remember playing Wembley in the playgrounds, and I always wanted to. I grew up before the David Beckham thing, wanted to be Paul Merson, and I kind of did in a way because the beer wise, I, I smashed that. But uh, <laughs> football ability, nowhere near, nowhere near. That was some memorable goal celebration, wasn't it? When he was at Arsenal, when he used to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's all the questions, Pete quality um brilliant stuff thank you for all your questions in the chat i was going to steal the chat for you for one second um lisa has said there's well there's been 130 plus in the chat at, at points tonight um but there's only 56 likes just get that thumbs up on on the way out we're going to be wrapping up the show in the next few seconds uh, in the next few minutes so um just make sure you click those thumbs up on the way out and get that up um, so more people can see the fantastic show tonight, um, that's for sure. And of course, thank you. Um, very nicely put, Chris, as always. Thank you for watching. And click subscribe. We're on the way to 6K. Um, come and support the channel. Um, we're moving nicely um, into that position. So c- come and support us and everything that we do on Loaded Mag and UFC. There's lots more content to come. Um, boys, let's get down to predictions right the big the big one yep see yeah um, i'm not doing this this man gonna... here is completely he's, he's got me he's got me uh he's, he's set up for a massive fall here oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we're gonna work our way around we'll start with chris work our way around to dad and then um uh, to keith and myself uh chris what do you think the score's gonna be on sunday I think we're I think we're gonna give them payback for that final. I think it's gonna be two nil Newcastle. Two nil Newcastle. Well he's gone for it. Clean sheet as well. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Dan, uh, the Man United fan in the house. Um, what are you thinking from your perspective? The score's gonna be on Sunday. Well, last time that me and you were on a prediction, so 
right? And I was and we were, and we were playing away somewhere. I said two all against Liverpool, and we got pumped seven nil. So I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I I honestly think I'm go, I'm going to go score draw. I think I think one one. I think one apiece. I, I've said this so many times to you on the 12th man, haven't I, Pete? I think this game for Manchester United is more important not to lose that than it is to, is to we we need to we need to keep that buffer between us. So if we can get a, a draw out of this, I would I, I wouldn't be you know ecstatic, but I'd be happy. I'd be happy as long as we come away without the loss. Interesting, interesting. Um, right, we move do we on. Do you first, Pete? Do we do you first? Okay, cool. it, all right, all right. Like um, you finish it. I, I think I, I I'm gonna be confident. I'm, I'm gonna go for a Newcastle win. I think St James's Park uh, under the lights. It's the late kickoff. Um, I think revenge is gonna be in the mind for fans and players. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think I just think we're going to win. I think Casemiro is just going to be a big miss for you guys. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one to Newcastle. I'm going to go two one to Newcastle. I think Newcastle win two one. Um, but I, I've got a feeling it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a game. I think it's going to be a proper attacking game uh, with both teams. I've, I've got I've just got a feeling it's going to be uh, one of those type of games. So yeah, two one for me, Newcastle. Um right. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something? This this man, Mr. Stato, you get so much stick in this chat. <laughs> he does, he does, mate. He does. I'm reading some of these comments. Lisa's put if Splinter says a loss, I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> um, honestly, the complex I've got. You know what I've finished this when I finish this show, I've got the rest of the week. You know, I don't know how I'm making it onto the show every week because of the hate I get. Pete, you know, I Pete thought, can you get the picture up, Pete? Did I pick the wrong club to support or something? I thought Newcastle fans all supported each other. Never keep, never keep up. I'm I'm putting the transfer bid in for, for Lisa in the, in the summer, mate, so I'll put one in for you as well. I'll put one yeah. in for you. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple on, on the chat, um, Chris. I'm just going to click Go on, mate, go for it. Um, it's it's about that time. It's about that time. It's he's in the house. He's in the house. <laughs> he's in the house. Right, Keith. Um, double O Stato. Um, everybody wants to know what your prediction is. This is what everyone's here and everyone's waiting for. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. They say well, they, what I, it, love it. they love you, Keith. What, so what I would say is this game could be the best. Newcastle Man United game at St James's Park for years. It really could. Because we've looked at that team there. We've looked at players. If they turn up, both sides turn up, and Newcastle will be fired up. They'll be fired up by that burning disappointment of the cup final and not showing up the cup final. Bear in mind, Isaac didn't start that cup final. And he's going to be starting. In our minds, he's going to be starting on Sunday. So he could be the difference on Sunday. In that final, I don't think that Newcastle will get their revenge this season. I do think it realistically it's probably going to be a draw. Realistically, <laughs> it could be a 2 2, it could be a 3 3, but I think I love it, we're going to have to wait that bit longer. But it's going to be an entertaining game. I'm skipping these comments on the least ones. If United, if, if United, Man United win, because I can't see Newcastle win, I think it's going to be an entertaining, thrilling game. I think Rashford could be the difference. Can you remember that game years ago as well when 
Nobby scored a brilliant goal to make it 1-0. The Leeses, everybody was up. And then Andy Cole got two late goals. It could be something similar like that. Or it could be a thrill and draw. That's how I'm seeing it going to go. You're my kind of guy, Keith. You're my kind of guy. Love it. Next year, <laughs> next year, next year we'll get the revenge at St James's, but I don't think it'll happen this year. United are in good form. Newcastle are in good form. Score draw. <laughs> I'll just, before we get any hate, it's, it's, it's Man United, not United. From our perspective, <laughs> Dan, you can say United, Keith. You got a stick last time for saying that. I've got to correct you. It's Do you know, I get so much stick on on, on other things because I always put United, you know, because just it's United, and people it's, go, you can't spell. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's not. Different. It's <laughs> not just Newcastle fans who get upset about the United stuff. It's about it's surely it's Leeds and it's Sheffield United as well walking around as well saying who the hell's this United? <laughs> love it, love it. But Keith is is gone for a gone for a draw. Uh, did you actually say score? score I think it'll draw. be a score draw. Yeah, score it draw. could be something along. I mean, imagine if we get something a bit like what we had for the City game earlier this season. Three, that would three. just be crazy. Um, and even Newcastle were rubbish back in 2015-16. Can you remember that game where it ended up 3-3? The goals from Rooney, Rooney and Mitrovic. Who done it scored off the post in the last minute? That one? Do, yeah. do you not think that, that both managers are looking at this, both saying the same thing here? Look, we can't lose. We, we, we cannot afford to lose this. I think I think that's what's going to make this yeah. game a lot. A lot. Uh, there's going to be so much interest, I think. And I'm looking forward to the, to the presses as well because... I think we can all agree that Ten Hag did a bit of a masterclass in the final, didn't he? Um, def- definitely a bit of mind games there. So I'll be interested to see what's said tomorrow. But early, early game doors in that final game, Newcastle played quite well, didn't they? It did, they just yeah, didn't yeah, have, yeah. They just didn't have that cutting edge, and that's what worries us a little bit about Newcastle. It's about getting that, and they came through against Forest, but it's Isaac is the one, and that's they need that still need that clinical edge really, and. If Newcastle were to go a goal up in the first 10-15 minutes, it changes the complexion of the game. If they get to 40-odd minutes and they still haven't scored, it's... <laughs> the bringer of doom. I've just been saving this for, for, when, for when Keith finished. Mark Todd says, on the fence more than Cooper and all. And then Jason Scott's wrote, Kiefer and all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Keith, you've got to get that picture. We've got to get that picture. Oh. Clip it, clip it. We've got to click that bad hey. boy. Oh, god, I prefer, oh. I prefer the dead, I prefer the dead man in WrestleMania season. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the streak. It's all about the streak. Uh, oh, brilliant. I love it. I love oh, this it. one's oh. Bri- this one's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting more of the complex than Hasty does on Friday on the other channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With all the dogs oh and stuff. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Craig Lee, oh. that's deep. Craig Lee, that's deep. That's deep. Oh, that, that, that's, that's a conversation for another time. But look, um, predictions are in the bag. Um, it's all about what we see on Sunday now, and I cannot wait for it. Um, it's going to be an absolute cracker. Um, and look, just before we wrap up, um, thank you to everyone in the chat. As always, your questions, your comments um, make the show just as much as we do and our guests do on this channel. So thank you very much. Yeah. And look, massive thank you to our sponsors, the Radiator Shed, uh, Russ and the team um, at RadiatorShed.com. 
thank you for all your support. Um, Keith in prison. Um, As always, everyone in fence, prison. With his fence. Keith, <laughs> Keith and Dan in prison with, with the fence in, in tow as well. Um, and of course, the radiator shed. Um, they're all designed and manufactured in Italy. Um, the aluminium rads are very environmentally friendly and are uh, perfect for heat source pumps. They offer a home survey service and will install if required. And look, there's just a, a range of different colours of and different styles and types of radiators that are available. Um, so make sure that you get in touch with the radiator shed as well. And of course, we have to say a massive thank you to um, the Bathroom Design H2O. Um, uh, the Northeast's largest supplier of um, Vilroy and Botch bathrooms, where uh, Team Valley Gateshead, over 20 years established, ran by the family. Uh, so get down to those showrooms on the 11th Avenue, Team Valley Estate in Gateshead. And you can see some of the fantastic bathrooms that are available. Um, and they are very much um, um, a valued sponsor to the channel. So get, in, get involved in that. And I keep saying week in, week out that the missus is banging on at me getting a new bathroom from these guys, and we will at some point when I can um, earn some more money. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see how that one develops. But um, if you haven't become a member, and we've had a few new members in the last few days, actually, click that blue button. You can only do it on a laptop, um, but click that blue button. It only takes a second, one ninety nine a month, and we've got plenty. And the man here, Chris Hall, will tell you we've got some, got some more uh, giveaways uh, in the pipeline for for the months ahead. So uh, if you want to be involved in it, you have to be a member. So keep in touch with, with all things Loaded Mag NUFC. Um, oh, you're on. on mute, I'm, I'm talking and I'm on mute. Sorry, I'm going to say reaction show Sunday. If we win, I reckon we could do a giveaway. Oh, I reckon we do a giveaway. If we win. Come on, the boys. Get so us everyone the boys. tune in. If if United if, if if Man United win, do I get Keith? Can I do I get Keith? Or... <laughs> Never. Would I, I be sent on loan? Would I? <laughs> Never. Never. No chance. Um, no deal. If if, no deal. if Man United get the Europa League final, would would I be loaned? Maybe you think. <laughs> <laughs> like Dubravka for a special, yeah. for a special. Yeah. Oh my god! No, I, can't, no, I cannot no. win. I cannot win anything, but uh, I, I can go. And, I can go and be part of the final. Love no, that. Love that. We made that mistake with Dubravka last time. We're not doing that again. That's yeah. for sure. But look, yeah. massive thanks to you, Dan. Um, really, really appreciate you coming on. Everybody has said tonight and consistently throughout the show how much of a fantastic guest you are. There's one or two that have said, "Look, I don't like." Praising Man United fans, but he has been absolutely spot on. And of course, Chris to put on there from what I eat there. Um, uh, you've been a you know, good Man United fan to have on. Um, and look, you, your views and opinions, I know it anyway, from 12th Man, but you, you're absolutely spot on, mate. And it's been a pleasure to have a chat with you. And look, Terry hasn't been on tonight. He wasn't able to make it. He has sent his apologies. He will come on and do a separate show at another time. But hey, doesn't matter because uh, we had a fantastic show and a great chat regardless. And um, uh, it's, it set us up nicely for the game on Sunday. Um, so massive thanks to Dan. Uh, massive thanks to Keith, Double O Stato, Splinter, whatever you want to call him. Uh, is it Keith and all? Keith Renault? Yeah, dead uh, man. Keith Renault. Dead man. Uh, <laughs> the bringer of doom, whatever you want to call him. Keith, you're an absolute, absolute gem. 
uh, for Loja Madian FC. Thank you for always taking the time to come on and join us in away days. The main man, Chris Hall, great to have you back, part of that Brandy and Blaze um, squad. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll get you on a few more of these um, uh, in the weeks to come. Absolutely. And of course, we have to say massive thanks to everyone in the chat. You guys make the show. Um, you guys are fantastic. Everyone in the chat. The, Absolutely the, stunning. The I, I just honestly, I, I've just got to say, I mean, I've been on a few of these shows and by far, you know, the, the, the comments been fantastic, been, been so respectful and been some good banter in there. And, and from my part, the job you guys have done, I mean, obviously me and Pete have only really met sort of four months ago, four, four or five yeah. months ago. Um, Great guy, great outlook on football. It's been such a pleasure coming on the show and listening to your views, listening to to, to Mr. Stato's um, it, stats were just incredible. Um, and, and just echo what, what Pete said before, if you guys aren't subscribed yet, make sure you hit that button because this these guys are going to take this content so, so far and you've got a good good group of of, of, of core knowledge there. So just just massive thanks to, to, to for having me on and just, just keep plugging it, guys. You're doing fantastic work, all of you. Absolutely. Plug yourself before you go. You're, you're, you're bringing the channel out um, sooner. I know you talked about it earlier on, but let's plug it again before you go. Yeah, yeah, no. So as I say, at the moment, I'm on TikTok at United First, swap the I for a one. Uh, in the summer, that's when the channel will start. Um, a lot more coming coming on that soon. Um, again, it's a journey of that I've, I've always wanted to take and something I'm really excited to take in the summer. And I've seen a lot of people saying they're going to subscribe. That's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, we'll see what happens in the summer. But thank again, as I say, you know, looking at looking at the stuff that I've seen on this tonight, it's so professional the way you guys have have set everything up. I think the the guys in the chat are very lucky to have such a great um, core, core knowledge here, and I'm looking forward to doing a lot more stuff with you next season with my channel. So just again, thank you so much for having me on. And Pete, how much nicer is this without bloody lawless stirring the pot? <laughs> honestly, honestly, well, I, I, I say it's that coming Monday. it's coming Monday. I can't get too happy because. <laughs> He's back. Lourdes is back for the uh, the the West Ham preview Monday at seven thirty. Um, it is definitely going to be hammer time, and it will be for us with him if they don't beat Southampton. They are in the mud if they don't beat Southampton, and we are coming um, with our hammers um, to cause him some mischief. That is for sure. Um, and of course, before that. On Sunday, hopefully it'll be a positive one, but we've got the, the Loaded Mag reaction show um, Sunday evening, so keep an eye on that one too. Guys, I'm going to leave it there. We did way longer than we expected, but you know what? I don't care because it's been a fantastic chat. Thank you all for joining in. Um, kick that like and subscribe on your way out if you haven't already. And, of course, we do love playing away. Guys, how do you like that?
Ching, ching, 